0: Why did you have to film your girlfriend in that private moment? Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. My name is Zukerdowski here of TheBestPoliticalShow.com as, of course, we are going to be going live for the next two hours as we have a lot of very crazy and wild news to get into on this particular broadcast as, of course, we have a lot of very interesting people in studio with us here today to discuss... All the latest news surrounding Donald Trump, who now is being accused of mass deportations, of getting out of NATO—all accusations from Hillary Clinton. Are there any truths in that? Well, we're going to be talking about that, plus a lot more. As of course, there's a new debate going around Ukraine, and of course, Nikki Haley, who is, um, you know, uh, really happy to be around uh, 12 other dudes. We'll get into that plus a lot more, a lot other spicy, tumultuous issues, lots to discuss specifically when it comes to the border, to immigration, and of course, we're going to be getting into that all on this independent media broadcast so make sure to share this broadcast with your friends and family members that is more imperative than ever as of course you guys also get to participate in the conversation by also simply signing up to lookunfilter.com. and then by doing so you guys get the ability to call into the show and ask us whatever questions you guys want so josh if you're watching make sure to put that link into the comment section right now and if you want to of course call in Make sure to go on that Telegram channel and let me know right now, as, of course, we are picking callers right now. Those callers will be happening in the later portion of this conversation on Rumble. We, of course, also appreciate any Rumble rants, any Super Chats. And, of course, we prefer you guys use mysuperchat.com, a website that, of course, allows you to have your text show up on screen And just gives a 3% service charge. YouTube uh, Super Chats, 30% service charge. MySuperChats.com, 3% service charge. And, of course, we will be making sure to be addressing all of your comments and concerns. As, of course, there are so many different things to get into today. And joining us for this particular conversation is Alex Brusiewicz. Alex, for the people who might not know you, who are you and how would you introduce yourself?
1: I'm Alex Przewicz, I like long walks on the beach. I do like that, but that's not who I am. But uh, I own a political political consulting company called X-Strategies, LLC. We work to get America First conservatives elected to House, Senate, governors, and we work very closely to uh, make sure that President Trump is the next president of the United States. And so uh, that's what we're focused on right now. And besides that, I am a notorious Twitter troll and try to make rhinos like Adam Kinzinger cry on a regular basis.
0: Your trolls are uh, pretty epic. Uh, Your trolls are are definitely extremely effective in this kind of political landscape. We're going to get into I kind of want to ask you, I think this is a more fair question to ask you on Rumble, what was your kind of most epic troll? So we'll we'll keep that one in the background. And of course, if you don't like long walks on the beach, you're probably a liberal. Right, Clint? (laughs) That's right. When's the last time you walked on the beach?
2: Uh, I, i've never done it just america first baby never walk on a beach uh clint russell host of liberty lockdown i already like this guy he doesn't like adam kinsinger he is my people clearly uh i'm also the host of tower gang and the co-host of the best political show make sure you pick up your phone right now and go to your favorite rss or podcatcher and search for liberty lockdown and then search for best political show and then press subscribe on both we got stuff on the buttons
3: Hey, everyone. This is Steph. We are Change. Happy to be pushing the buttons. Let's go.
2: And speaking and
0: commentating and giving us your perspective. Uh, So we're excited to have your point of view as well. As, of course, we do provide some very interesting commentary on current event issues. As, of course, the thing that everyone is talking about right now is Hillary Clinton, an old unhinged woman who is launching some very serious attacks against Donald Trump that some of her supporters are saying... Hey, if he's going to do those things that you're accusing him of, that's actually a good thing, as Hillary Clinton is now saying that Donald Trump will be withdrawing the United States from NATO if elected, and on top of all of that, going to militarize the police, use the army, and round up people. Again, uh, as Modernity News highlighted, this is just deranged ramblings from an obsessive Clinton person who doesn't know when to call it quits. As of course, she recently came up and also attacked Joe Biden, which I thought was very interesting. But you do do see her kind of trying to push her way into the political discourse as everyone's discussing the kind of elder age of Joe Biden with even the New York Times editorial board recently firing shots against Biden. So Hillary Clinton, is she going to try to sneak her way in there? But uh, before even getting into that, Her comments are are kind of crazy, and and I I think not true at all.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's fascinating that Hillary Clinton is attacking people's age, and I mean, few people have aged worse than Hillary Clinton. When you look at people and say, who has aged worse than Joe Biden, a lot of people will raise their hands and say Hillary, and so I'm not saying that. Other people are saying that, (laughs) Uh, but to get to her comments about President Trump and NATO— That seems to be the new talking point coming from the left. You see the talking heads from uh, deranged Joe Scarborough and, you know, crazy Mika uh, on MSNBC and all of the CNN folks. They're talking about, you know, this NATO stuff. Uh, President Trump never said he would withdraw us from NATO. He's been very clear on it, even when he ran in 2016, that he believes that every country that is in NATO should be paying their 2 percent, their fair share. Uh, and he was working very hard during his first term to get people to pay their fair share, and he was using you know, strong-arm tactics sometimes. But it shouldn't be on the American taxpayer to defend every nation on Earth and especially when we're neglecting our own. And so, um, you know, I agree with President Trump's comments. If these countries aren't paying their fair share, then we should reconsider should they still be in this alliance. Uh, And obviously we want to protect as many people as we can, but it should not be on the backs of American taxpayers only, and that's what President Trump was saying. And he also has a track record of four years of incredible foreign policy success. He never once, you know, pulled us out of NATO, but he was getting countries to pay more. Uh, And I believe that he will get back to that if he is you know, our next president, uh, and he will certainly get these countries to, to pay their fair and,
0: share. And just to clarify, to be a part of NATO, you have to spend 2% of your GDP as a country on military, uh, personnel and, and hardware and equipment. And many of the countries a part of NATO are not doing that at all. Right. Poland, I think is spending nearly 4%, um, and it, it's spending more than any other country in NATO from, from what I believe. And, uh, a, a lot of Trump supporters are saying, "Hey." Uh, This is actually a good thing if Hillary is correct here, but she's not. And as you pointed out, Trump's major kind of talking points here, specifically with NATO, is that, hey, if you guys want to finance this war in Europe, the European countries should pay for it. Now, personally, I I come from the camp like, okay, when when discussing NATO, I think there's a lot of different things to talk about, especially its history, especially its promises. But uh, it's interesting that, that Hillary Clinton is literally bringing up something that Trump supporters want, but Trump's not doing. So, so people are like, she, she, she's playing 4D chess. I don't think so. I think she's, she's desperately just trying to emotionally manipulate as many people as she can, as the corporate media and the Democratic establishment are saying, if Donald Trump becomes president, the Ukrainian people will lose. Yeah. They're, and, 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 but they fail to realize they're losing already. It's right. just
1: fearmongering, and two weeks before that, the media in lockstep, in you know Hillary Clinton, they're all echoing the Trump's going to be a dictator day one policy. That was in the news cycle for ten days, and then now the NATO thing, and then next week it will be something else. But all these people have to do is or all they can do is fearmonger and lie. Uh, you know, President Trump, I believe, is correct demanding these countries pay more if they want protection. Uh, that you know that deal was put in place many years ago, and only a few com- countries. Actually follow through on the deal. United States carries the biggest burden on that, and the you know we defend countries thousands and thousands of miles away, uh, and President Trump always wants to put the American taxpayers first.
2: Well, the the U.S. defense budget is around nine hundred billion annually. I believe our GDP is about twenty trillion, so that puts us in the same ballpark, probably slightly ahead of Poland in terms of expenditure versus GDP, like four to five percent. It's an astronomical figure. Obviously, the the war on terror has has added over ten trillion dollars to our our national uh, deficit or our debt rather, and I think that we're at a at a breaking point financially. So, as much as I understand that you are correct that Trump has never said that he intends to exit NATO, I would encourage Trump to lean in on this and say, "Yeah, America first means America first. We can't afford this NATO alliance. We're continuing to, you know, carry the defense costs for." basically the rest of the world it's untenable it's unsustainable and i'm going to stop i think it would be an interesting tactic uh, it may be bad for him electorally and and i understand why he probably wouldn't do it but from a libertarian true non-interventionist per- perspective i would love to see him go all in yeah trump really wasn't a fiscal conservative he, he did
0: spend a lot of money a lot of that money did go towards the military industrial complex some people say good we're modernizing we're creating a new space force we're doing the right things for america other people are saying hey they already got a lot of our money <laughs> like they they are they are essentially running a racket, and if you look at the last few years, especially under the Bush administration, especially under Halliburton and Dick Cheney, no big contracts era, they definitely have gotten away with a lot. They definitely have taken a lot from the American people, and um, you know, I kind of I kind of agree with you, Clint, a little bit. Like, hey, um, yeah, maybe what Hillary Clinton is saying is something
2: that uh, maybe Trump should be striving for. Yeah, and I mean, if he they're going to be acu- afraid of, if they're going to accuse him of it anyways, just be like, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. done. Like when I said America first, when I said make America great again, that's what I meant. I, I think he could angle it that way. in a Trumpian style, he could definitely popularize it. I think it's actually a fairly popular uh, trend. I know a lot of people have been fear mongered into believing that NATO and, and our uh, alliance with them has ultimately made the world a much safer place. I think for a time that was true, especially after the USSR fell in 91. But I think over the past 20 years, it has uh, caused a lot of havoc. It has wasted a lot of lives, a lot of money. Um, Trump talks about this pretty openly. So I I would, I would like to see him actually, you know, challenged on why we should remain in NATO. Like, give me the pitch.
0: Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I do believe in 2016, he was saying, bring all the troops home. Yes. Uh, this is something that Ron Paul, uh, U.S. congressman who ran for the presidency, also was saying, hey, just bring everyone home. Why do we have so many bases all over the world? And I don't know how you feel about this, Alex, because some people are saying we need America to be exceptional. Other people are saying we need to make uh, America a country that cares about America and only America itself. Other people argue about American hegemony. I don't know where you kind of stand on that particular argument, Uh, but for me personally, I I, I do think the the more merit is within Ron Paul personally, but that's just my opinion, and I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see more troops at our southern border instead of in countries, in random countries in Africa, Um, you know, but President Trump uh, was you know, campaigning on no more wars and, and bringing our troops home early on. And he delivered on, on a couple of those promises. You know, he was the first president in our lifetimes that started no new wars. Um, and I believe that he would quickly work to end the the conflict in, you know, Ukraine and Russia. And he'd work to end the conflict in Israel and Palestine. Uh, but, you know, he didn't deploy any new troops. He didn't put, you know, boots on the ground anywhere else. And so it wasn't like uh, he he wasn't working to bring them home. And he had a a great plan in place to bring our troops home from Afghanistan. Back when Biden got in there, he ripped it up on day one, and then the disaster followed. Um, but he was working very hard to bring our troops home. And towards the latter part of his administration, he got people in the DoD and in some of these, you know, positions that were actually willing to work with him and, and you know, help accomplish some of those
0: yeah. those goals. I, and I do believe if, if he was able to get the troops out of Afghanistan, which I thought he should have done. I was a little bit critical of him when he didn't do it and he kept extending it and extending it there, there might have been some pitfalls w- within that that we didn't kind of comprehend but if he was able to do it successfully this would have been something that he could have been patting himself on the back right now because i think the american people are just sick of the wars sick of the military industrial complex sick of foreign conflicts that we're financing and creating more of with our tax dollars that are, are going towards foreign lands when here we're just being screwed over and neglected in so many different ways now yeah. uh, Clinton second comments about calling him a dictator saying that she's that, that he's going to militarize the police again something not in the realm of any kind of reality at all because if you remember during the black lives matter mostly uh, peaceful but fiery protests uh donald trump didn't uh, mobilize uh, the national guard he, he didn't uh militarize the police and a lot of people even accuse him of being too soft with federal power especially when it came to the National riots that happen all throughout the United States, which three dozen people have lost their lives to, and there was hundreds of millions of dollars of property destruction. So again, Hillary saying more deranged stuff that absolutely has no merit in reality. We actually have this clip of her saying it on CNN to Miss Annapur, who is uh, survive usually, year? Uh, is a big representative of the intel agencies.
4: Will the United States step up, and will the United States continue to be uh, a leader of NATO, given uh, former President Trump's recent comments? You know, President Biden said this week supporting this bill the one for foreign aid and military aid is standing up to putin opposing it is uh playing into putin's hands yes what i mean you're a former senator (laughs) you know the senate came kicking and screaming Mm -hmm. but they passed it but the house hasn't passed it. where do you think you know in the political realm this is going to go
3: well one thing i know for sure if this bill from the senate were ever put on the floor of the house it would pass It would pass uh, overwhelmingly because the people who are preventing it, starting with the uh, speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, um, are not doing America's business. They're doing Donald Trump's business. And why is Donald Trump so enamored of Putin? Well, part of it is he's a wannabe dictator. He has told us that repeatedly he even said the
0: other said from the wannabe dictator herself who luckily wasn't elected to be president of the united states and holy cow talk about the kettle calling the freaking pot black this is just absolutely orwellian this is absolutely just complete double speak, and it's it's the inversion of of actual reality but it's something that the viewers of cnn are hearing and still believing in, in some way i i i don't understand how that could be possible but has has uh, like I, what's the motivation here I, I don't i don't get it is it just to smear donald trump is it just to make the lie big enough so everyone falls for it because how
2: do you where do you go from here as a nation with so many people divided let, in so many different ways let me, let me remind people that it was the the clinton campaign that was responsible for the steel dossier the funding for it uh, which ended up being the precursor or the evidence that was then lied about by the FBI in order to get the wiretaps on the Trump campaign. So she's calling Trump a dictator while she's using the federal police force to spy on her political opposition. Who sounds like a dictator, Hillary? Hello? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, to, to Luke's point about what what the narrative is uh, narrative is and where they're going with this, I think obviously it's a smear Trump, it always is, mm-hmm. but it's also... Uh, In large part about trying to continue to propagandize the Democrat voters in America to be very, very angry with Vladimir Putin because they are attempting to regime change him. That's my read.
1: Yeah, and also with the comments about, uh, you know, threatening to militarize the police force, that's fear-mongering for, you know, communities that the Democrats are now struggling with, you know, specifically black and Hispanic communities. We're doing incredibly well with the polling uh, with these communities, and, uh, and the Democrats know it. If you look at, you know, Biden is starting to do presidential general election ads. He was starting to do them three months ago, specifically targeting atlanta philadelphia chicago he's terrified that he is making enemies within you know black voters and black communities and so that that new thing about the the you know president trump's going to militarize the police that's specifically targeting that community and i don't think they're going to fall for it because i do think that they remember you know how we did in 2016 i i would have liked to see you know states Get the national guard out you know quicker to end those riots that is not something that the federal government has control over they don't control the national guard that's a state thing and so uh,
2: it would I, be a massive overreach on trump's part had he done that right and
1: so i believe he did call for certain states to act i believe he called for minnesota to act and the right. democrat governor of minnesota re- refused and virtue signaled and all that bs and so, yeah. so the governor's um, called though. but you know hillary is, is a is a is a clown and sadly when she says something, when Obama says something, when uh, Biden says something, the media all runs with it. And so they they can control the mainstream news cycle with just a couple of words. And so they just throw things out there and hope that it sticks. And, you know, for this week, it's the NATO comments. Last week, it was the dictator comments. You know, this upcoming week, it will be something else. But uh, it's fortunately, your program gets more viewers now than the average CNN show, and uh, then fake news does not have the ratings it once had.
0: And and it's crazy because it's the Democrats that are weaponizing the DOJ. It's the Democrats that are going after people for walking around the building or expressing political opinions or sharing memes. And and they're the ones who love their police state. Nancy Pelosi was calling for a machine gun turrets at the Capitol after J6, where, of course, people are still being prosecuted and punished for those actions as of course they are the ones that have weaponized justice they're the ones that of course are going after their political opponents and trying
2: to throw him in jail for 750 years which is absolutely let let me make it let me make it even crazier and way worse they're also the ones that are propagandizing the american people saying we have to stand and defend democracy when it comes to ukraine ukraine who just imprisoned an american journalist who just canceled its elections, who canceled opposition parties, who nationalized the media. These people don't have any principles whatsoever. It is all deception. They're saying that Putin's the dictator. Well, Zelensky acts as just as aggressively as one, if if not more so in certain regards. It's, it's an absurdity. And they're
1: certainly losing the narrative war. On all public polling, when the war first broke out in Ukraine, American people believed that we should have stepped up and helped. Uh, and over the course of the last two years, the, the you know the polling has gone drastically against their favor. Like it's now almost split 50/50 on should we be involved or should we not? And so uh, they know they're losing the media the, the narrative war. Uh, I believe Elon Musk buying X has uh, really, helped you know the american people push back against the regime uh and so they know that they're losing control but they're still trying to throw things against the wall and i believe that they're hoping that facebook and youtube and and some of these others will will play a role in suppressing some of the narratives eventually
0: we got some super chats that we should read really quickly we got one from heidi k saying i live in the district where alex is running I'll proudly support him. I don't think you're you're running but that's a a super chat that we got here.
1: Well Heidi I appreciate the hypothetical support. I am not (laughs) a candidate yet. I have not declared. I've not made a decision. I just spoke in the district this last weekend and I'll be out uh, for a couple more events. One on March 16th in Brown County and another on March 23rd in Wapaka County speaking at both their Lincoln Day dinners. Uh, We're looking very closely at it and I think it would be fun. I think we'd... uh, have a good time in Congress, and we'd have to come you know, down here with the congressional pin and look all serious next time I come on your show. That'd but, be amazing. Uh, we're taking a strong look at it, not ready to confirm at this time, but uh, if I run, I would love your support, Heidi.
0: We definitely need uh, more people to, to run. It's just something that I personally, uh, a lot of people look at and they're like, that's a lot of work. That's 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 a lot of pressure. That's a lot of people going after you, trying to counsel you, trying to sue you, trying to put you in jail, and uh, it's a big undertaking. So, uh, well, I'm
1: not even in Congress yet, and uh, I already have some of that. You know, I got to go face to face with the very. Dangerous and scary January Six Committee, and this is where my love affair with Adam Kinzinger began. <laughs> and uh, you know that I was such a weasel. that was fun. I first first thing I did when I got subpoenaed, I hired a lawyer. And then I hired some memers to troll the hell out of Adam Kinzinger. Nice.
2: <laughs> so, you know. Money will spend. No,
0: the memers are, are so important. If if it wasn't for the memers, all hope would be lost. I'm I'm, I'm serious about this. I remember uh, the first time I went on Timcast a long, long time ago. I was you know a little, I was still very new to the whole podcast circle, and I was like, listen, this is this is the two things that are going to save us. One, like this is the two things we need: memes. That was number one. Two. National divorce. We need to move away before we, we all hurt each other. Let's please do this. And now that that concept, that idea is being spread more and more. And uh, seriously, if you're looking to reduce harm, that might be one way. But we could argue that um, in a little bit. We got another super chat from Coty Swiss saying, where does one sign up to help with the mass deportation effort? Um, it it Donald probably J- won't happen.
1: DonaldJTrump.com.
0: Yeah. And, and let's be honest here. It, Probably won't happen. Let's just be real. Candace Owens, uh, when she was on uh, the the show that I was on, she was like, yes, we need mass deportations. But let's be honest, I I don't know how how you feel about this, but I don't think under a Trump administration that would happen.
1: Well, I think that there will be significantly more deportations uh, and fewer people that we need to deport. There's, you know, President Trump got illegal immigration down ninety percent during his final two years in office, just with you know, remain in Mexico. He had Mexico put troops at the border. Uh, he had a lot of these deals in place, and so you know, I think there's like two hundred thousand apprehensions each you know month, if not more,
2: right now. There's a quarter million he, he, in December.
1: His was down to twenty thousand, yeah. and so you know, ninety percent lower than it than it is right now. And so, uh, but I do believe that certain people need to go back uh the situation that just happened in new york city where those two you know thugs beat the hell out of that police officer and then they get a free ticket to california they should get a free ticket to mexico or wherever the hell that came from and uh, i believe that president trump will be able to put people in place that are very serious about uh getting the deportation efforts done give ice more resources and give border patrol more resources uh and so i you know If my opinion matters to President Trump, I would strongly encourage him to follow through on deporting as many as he can.
0: Yeah, I know he was held up with a lot of court battles, specifically regarding the border during his administration. And then some people even argue that it was predominantly because of a sickness that a lot of the kind of migration stopped as all travel kind of stopped as well. But then the policies under Biden that were just allowing anyone in through the border while people going through the legal way needed a procedure to get in was just absolutely yeah. mind-boggling and, 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 and infuriating because, uh, essentially, illegal aliens, illegal migrants who walk in have more rights, get more handouts, get more money than, than the average American. Yeah. And I think this is going to be a major voting issue, and I think this is why... Uh, the polls are like they are right now yeah. is the majority of people are like, hey, um, even Democrats. I talked to a Democrat a couple of days ago and they're like, I'm just I'm just sick of, of this financial situation. I'm sick of, of the policies on the border. I'm sick of all this crime. It's only going to get worse from here. And Donald Trump yeah. is one of the few people saying I'm going to stand in the way of this. I'm going to stop it. Well, can he stop it is the question um, that, that I I'm, think I'm it's asking. important
1: to note that before President Trump ran, immigration was not talked about the way it is right now. President Trump, you know, when he was—in 2016, it's actually funny, Jared Kushner tells this story. But in 2016, he was doing all of these—you know, people were doing the polls, and they say, what's the number one issue of our time? Trump was instinctually said immigration. And he took immigration from a not-top-10 issue. Maybe it was a top-20 issue, but it wasn't in the top 10. And he made it the number one issue of 2016. And I believe it's an even bigger issue in 2024. And so he brought the American public to his side. You have 50 Cent who— Probably wasn't a Republican voter. Probably isn't a Republican voter. But he recently posted on his Instagram that it's BS that Mayor Adams is giving illegal immigrants fifty-three million dollars in taxpayer funds for housing, for food, for shelter, you know, for all these different things, and giving you know poor and poor you know black people. I think he used uh, nothing, and so. Uh, he said maybe Trump's the solution, maybe Trump's the answer. But the center is coming to our side when it comes to immigration. I believe the American populace will support uh, deporting people that do not belong here.
2: I think the the fascinating angle that they're trying to take with this, and this is how you know the Democrats know it's bad, is that they're trying to blame the Republicans for the border issue. But you have the Trump campaign, as you you detailed, which focused on the wall and, and immigration and popularizing that concept. But then you also have the state of Texas, which tried to put up wire to keep people out, and you have the Biden administration suing to have them take it down. I don't know how in the hell you can reframe this narrative to make it the GOP that doesn't want to deal with the border issue and the Democrats are the party that does. It's so, I mean, it is so absurd. It'll work on the really naive, but I think the vast majority of people have to be able to see it yeah, A
0: that. lot of people are, are, are naive. A lot of people are, are ignorant, but you can't miss what's happening in America I right now. I would hope. And it's not just the social media algorithms that are showing it. It's everyday life. It's when you go to the supermarket. It's when you have to pay your rent. It's when you have to pay your utility bills. Everything is just clear and apparent. Yeah. The homeless
2: that, encampments,
0: the yeah, drug adi- ad- addiction. The, the people relieving their bowels in front of your homes like that there's no going back from those kind of visuals that people are inundated with in their everyday freaking lives, especially if they live in a place like San Francisco or New York city or Boston as of course life there is, is just absolutely miserable. I still have some friends in some major big cities and they're like, Holy fricking cow. It is absolutely just as bad as you say, plus 10 times worse. Yeah. And I think this is why this leads in perfectly to this next article by the daily mail that is detailing how Trump has a 71 point lead ahead of Nikki Haley in the upcoming <laughs> Texas primaries, as of 71. course... He is gaining more momentum just five days until the, quote, do or die South Carolina primaries. Now, uh, again, he he was just found guilty. He's facing so many different court battles. He's being prosecuted politically. He's being punished because he represents the political opposition party, because he represents the American people who are sick of the Biden administration. And the more they attack him, the more popular he becomes. Nikki Haley, uh, uh, again, globalist stooge, corporatist stooge, essentially expressing a lot of the same ideologies as a lot of the other World Economic Forum puppets out there. But how is she still in this race? This makes no sense at all. What else do they have up their sleeves? Because there's there's, there's really no other way that she's running unless there's going to be more dirty tricks ahead of Donald Trump. I don't know if you're looking at the kind of uh, political map here, but uh, she has no chance of winning, What do you think the larger play is here?
1: Yeah, I believe it's just trying to financially hurt President Trump. Uh, and, And the longer she stays in the race and the more money that, you know, the Trump campaign has to spend entertaining her in this primary, because, you know, you still have to entertain them because there's still, you know, a race going on. But there's already been almost $400 million spent. Trying to take out President Trump this year, whether it was DeSantis, and I believe DeSantis did do the right thing after Iowa by dropping out after he got blown out. Uh, I wish Nikki Haley would have done the same thing. Uh, but four hundred million dollars has been wasted. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is getting to save his war chest. He just bragged about recently that he has one hundred and fifty million or something like that cash on hand. So the Democrats get to save all of their ammo for the general when it matters, and it's going to be a multi. It's going to be a billion dollar plus race on both sides, and so uh, the more money that she wastes on this uh, you know and takes more resources away from our ability to win the general election and i believe that's ultimately her goal she is being used as a puppet of the democrats because that's primarily who's funding her campaign and uh... uh... And, and the goal is to try to you know drag this out as long as possible maybe do a brokered fight at the convention and and just you know take be a distraction when we should be able to be one hundred percent focused on defeating joe biden uh... we have to entertain bird brain and uh, her twelve <laughs> fellows I-
2: I tend to think that, yeah, I think that's that's certainly part of it, is that they're just trying to drain his coffers. I also think that they're holding out hope that there will be some some court case that comes down that, that puts him in prison or, or makes him disqualified to run. I I still think that there's major constitutionality uh, questions with that, and I hope it doesn't come to that, because I think the country would be in a terrible condition if that were to come to pass. Um, but... I I just really hope that they're not spending much money on these races in these primaries because he's up by, you know, 50-plus points in basically every state. Like, you don't need to spend money, so I hope that they're spending it wisely, if anything at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: You know, Nikki Haley's running a lot of... um interesting social media posts that are kind of dunking on herself so you don't need to really dunk on her as of course uh, what you just said Alex is very similar to what the Trump campaign just said as they described Nikki Haley as Biden's best surrogate and it definitely does seem like it especially with this race being prolonged and the last presidential election there was there was an incredible amount of money spent on election ads um and I, I believe we're on the pace of of, of outpacing that election as oh, yeah. of course they're going to be spending a lot of freaking money and I, I i don't know about you but i i think it's going to be very close i think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think it is because of ballot harvesting because of the democratic voting efforts in major cities because of the demographic shifts and the changes that we're seeing in places like atlanta that we're seeing in places like pennsylvania i i, I think the the last kind of midterm elections in 2022 were a big kind of shock to the republicans and i think this is just me personally and and a lot of people are already kind of celebrating they're taking the victory lap they're saying we're going to win no matter what it's clear i don't think it is and i and i think that step could be a part of a larger plan to make people feel comfortable just like they made hillary clinton feel comfortable in 2016 when in reality it's going to be a nail biter
1: yeah i think you know to to ease the minds of some of your viewers that might be supportive of president trump i know that they do not take anything for granted That they are working hard every single day and are you know are are basically planning for a very close race and we're going to need everybody to turn out to vote okay and in states where ballot harvesting is allowed and and you know some of these different voting measures are, are there we're gonna be playing with the rules that time you know as they lie and so uh we need to win elections before we can start changing election laws and so you know we have to ballot harvest where we can we have to you know do the drop boxes where we can and so, you know, we've we're gotten a lot more sophisticated in electioneering. Uh, I think we've learned from 2020. We've learned from 2022. Uh, but a big problem with 2022 is also that we were underfunded. You know, if you look at Arizona, I think Blake Masters is an exceptional guy. But he was outspent almost through two to one or three to one uh, by his Democrat opponent in that Senate race. Why? Because, well, we spent $50 million on a primary where he lost, you know, where, where the guy that the establishment wanted— to win, lost, but they wasted fifty million dollars. Cary Lake, similar situation, and so uh, the establishment. What they what they want to do is they want to continue the narrative that MAGA loses, and how they do that is they withhold money or they fund the opposition, and they try to damage. Uh, the candidates during the primaries so they're weaker during the general. And that's what we're seeing with Nikki Haley right now. Uh, they did this in 2022 uh, big time with our candidates. and so hopefully the American people uh, kind of see through it and and you know don't really entertain bird brains and salts. but you know even if she's at 10, percent five percent in the polls, whatever she may be, we need every Republican to turn out to, for us to vote. And the longer that she stays in, the more damn you know the, she, the more damage she can do by trying to do like a Lincoln project 2.0 style.
0: Yeah, the RNC definitely made a, a lot of mistakes in 2022. Um, I say mistakes because some people are saying that this was a kind of deliberate kind of sabotage of uh, Trump and the picks that he selected. Other people are saying Trump should have picked better. I, it, it's it's easy to armchair kind of quarterback these situations looking back at them. But uh, again, everyone was expecting, hey, we're going to win here 2022. It's going to be a red wave. And uh, it was a red little Well, pond. A great, a great <laughs>
1: example is, in that Arizona governor's race, Kerry Lake was the clear frontrunner. And out of nowhere in 2022, the establishment recruited a woman Karen Robson, who self-funded 25 million dollars of basic basically just attack ads against Kerry Lake in the Republican primary and convinced, you know, I believe that there was some questions about that election, but you know, that 25 million dollars was targeted to like the Rhino Republicans and basically made Kerry Lake seem toxic to them, and so they didn't turn out to vote. And so, you know, that was deliberate sabotage by the establishment of Kerry Lake because she was Trump-aligned. Um, and then there was a couple other examples of that, but we need as many, we need all the Republicans, I mean, even the right Republicans, you know, please vote for us, we want you to vote for us, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's crazy the lengths that the establishment hates MAGA. Yep. And I believe that the establishment Republicans actually hate, Donald Trump, and MAGA more than the Democrats do.
2: Well, this is how desperate they are. You had Nikki Haley uh, team tweeting out yesterday, 12 12 guys down, one to go. It was the last time she said that, it was when her husband was deployed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Clint here
0: writing jokes. Uh, uh, I saw I saw her like speaking in front of uh, Boeing, but instead of uh, Boeing, it said hoeing. Oh, that's good. <laughs> in response to that as well, the memes there are absolutely incredible. But uh, what, what? Well, did goes, you see? Yeah. Did you see
1: one of the gentlemen that she allegedly slept with? No, I have not. I don't think res- I want to. They were, well No, he seems like a nice guy. Whatever. But uh, <laughs> somebody made a meme of. I think it's the Dilly meme team. I don't know if you guys follow them, but they're absolutely hilarious. Uh, but many, somebody made like a meme rap video of Nikki Haley and this dude in the back of a Cadillac like Escalade, and the guy in question ended up, you know, responding to the meme and said it wasn't an Escalade; it was an SRX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man.
0: Oh, man. Nikki busted. Busted uh, homegirl. More, in more ways than one. Yes. Um, has, has we got to save some of this humor for Rumble. Yes. But has, has
2: anybody done anything to... Like, it seems as if there's nothing you can do to reform the fact that the GOP is dumping money into non-America first GOP candidates. Like, is there reform that's possible? Uh, I think... There's,
1: there needs to be more dialogue between all parties. And I think, you know, if you look at what's happening with the Senate races this cycle, uh, there's a guy named Steve Daines in charge of the NRSC, and people have mixed opinions on him. But I'll say that he's done a much better job of trying to have communication with the MAGA Republican side. And so, like, in Arizona, the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which is the establishment funding arm of the Republican Senate, endorsed Kerry Lake. No primary there. You know, they said, we're with Carrie. Carrie's a clear front runner. We'll make sure she has the resources she needs. And so uh, Steve's more aligned with MAGA than he is with the establishment, but he's in charge of that. And so I think- He's got
2: to bridge that gap.
1: Yeah. And so I think there's been better communication this go around- Um, But, you know, we can't change the fact that these people hate us.
0: And and clearly there's there's, you know, people who want to make America first and then there's neocon establishment warmongers that are bought off by the establishment. We saw this with Carrie Lake, who secretly recorded, what was it, the Arizona uh, head uh, of the Republican Party saying specifically, hey, uh, we'll buy you off, just stop running, just shut up, just know your place, get out of this political uh, race here and we'll, we'll we'll bankroll you, we'll give you all the money that you want and, and, and essentially asking her to sell out, which she
2: refused, which is very honorable, very few people do. The, the, I, the, let me just point out real quick, the, that's the exact opposite in my estimation, I can't prove this, but I would bet you anything when Nikki Haley came out of the United Nations and then she went on to that board of Boeing, I bet you that was one of those deals where they said, "Hey, you wait until 2024, then we'll we'll give you a, a sweet payday." This is this is like standard hat. Like this is what they do. Well, before politics. she
1: became involved with Boeing, she gave a press conference and saying, "I will not run against the president. I will not run against President Trump." And so maybe that had something to do with it because they knew that she would keep the Ukraine
2: uh, funding flowing. But, exactly. Um, they want to. They want to run. To the warmonger right of trump and and see if they can yeah. scrape off enough yeah. votes it's it's absolutely boeing
1: boeing also complained about president trump because he came down to negotiate a new deal for air force a new air force one and uh boeing complained recently that they ended up losing money on the on the new air force one That's, that trump negotiated
2: trump should brag about that <laughs> yeah absolutely in, in
0: related uh, ukrainian funding news we have this video from uh, washington dc if you can't this gun, give us some financial support. Okay, okay, please give us a credit. That of course being a doc that's not a real video, that's a doctored video of Vladimir Zelensky asking for more money. As it looks like the House has voted down the military aid spending bill and will not be supporting Taiwan, Israel, and Ukraine, as Joe Biden has come out and said that the House Republicans are quote making a big mistake by not approving more Ukrainian aid when asked if the GOP has, quote, blood on their hands for (laughs) Navalny's death and reveals he's considering more sanctions on Putin. Again, more sanctions? Yeah, those clearly worked as, of course, we got some latest videos from Tucker Carlson highlighting how um, it it didn't really work. We're pushing Russia to be more aligned with China, which is a disastrous situation for the United States, as, of course, the US petrodollar is being questioned, as, of course, the US national debt is going up. I don't think it's a big mistake. I think it's finally America saying, hey, uh, you know, maybe financing endless wars that can't be won. Maybe that's the first step in a- addressing the larger problem that the United States helped cause here. That's just my two cents here. But uh,
2: I, I don't see this as a big mistake. I don't know how you guys see it. I am thrilled beyond belief. Uh, this is the third or fourth time that this bill has been repackaged and reattempted to pass. It's unbelievable like they had a standalone defense bill for Israel that didn't get passed the american people are obviously making their their voices heard and their discontent known to the uh, American political well, establishment. Shouts out
0: to Mike Johnson, and and more importantly, shouts out to uh, the, the congressman that, that put him there Agreed. that, that uh, of course, uh, kicked out the old guy who would have voted this through. Shouts out to Matt Gates for, uh, of course, creating the situation where finally
2: we actually have them doing something. Well, what's, And what's, they're doing nothing, which is perfect. Yeah, which is perfect. But what's bizarre about it is that when Mike Johnson got the Speaker's role, the first thing he said at a press conference was that, we're going to make sure our best friend Israel gets funded. The fact that that didn't happen, and then they've had all of these other attempts, and they keep failing time and time again, this is amazing. Like People really don't understand how rare it is for defense bills like this not to get uh, passed. So there, there is a, a tidal shift that we're witnessing, I think.
1: Yeah, Speaker Johnson's doing a great job with uh, blocking the Ukraine aid, and um, you know, it's just an unnecessary. How do you do—the Senate just gave us $95 billion for foreign aid, $0 for our border— and, you know, we want, if, here, Republicans have basically proposed, if you include HR2, which is a lot of money for border security, no amnesty, nothing, you know, no no fast ones, just a straight border security bill, HR2, that passed through the House about a year and a half ago, uh, then they'll consider taking up more foreign aid. The Senate refuses to do HR2. And so... Uh, it's the it's really the Democrats in the Senate that are blocking this, you know, you know, kind of preventing this aid from happening. But they want to put all of the blame on the Republicans. But, but you know what,
2: what I, does that tell you though that that if there is any legitimate border control spending, the Democrats won't pass it. And I think it's really important for people to consider, like, all right, what's the plan here? Like, why why is that so important to the Democrats? Because you know, getting. Funding for Ukraine is very high on their priority list, but for some reason, if you spend money on border defense... That is enough to, to kill any. Dealer. And that should be the yeah. spin here. That should be the the article. That should be the headline. Mm-hmm. Democrats refuse to give money to Ukraine
0: because they refuse to, of course, vote on this major. It's it's yeah. convoluted. It's not as uh, <laughs> it's not as sexy. It's not as easy to, to kind of get those headlines out there. Right. But but that's the point. That a lot of people are like, yeah, that that makes yeah. more sense. As an average news consumer, as an average Kyle and Karen NPC, they're like, oh, those darn Republicans. But they yeah. don't understand the larger context of the situation. Yeah, and, I,
1: and I think a lot more Republican lawmakers will start messaging uh what you just said um and you know because uh, and a lot of them are fundamentally against ukraine aid but if we're gonna do it well might as well can you know let's let's tie it to some border security because we deserve to protect our country uh as well if if we're
2: gonna secure their
0: border we might as well
2: secure our border exactly (laughs) i'm telling you if there if a bill gets passed and the border issue is not dealt with and they send a penny more to a foreign country Everybody that votes for that ought to be voted out. Every single yeah. one of them. I don't care who. If it's Thomas Massey, my favorite human being on the planet, if he votes for that, vote him out. It is a terrible injustice to focus on other people's national defense while America's national defense is just you know laughed and, off. And
1: Mike Johnson has proposed to the upper chamber, and he said, give us HR2, and we'll give you some funding. And they they don't do it, and so uh, I think that narrative will will begin to shift into our favor and and make it, you know, uh, put a spotlight on the Democrats and what they're trying to do, and the fact that they're actually holding up the and the aid. But it's also hilarious that they call you know. Trump or Speaker Johnson, a Putin puppet, when in reality, the Democrats are Putin's best friend. Biden basically just or Putin basically came out and said, I prefer having Joe Biden in there than having President Trump in there. Well, gee, I wonder why. I mean, Biden reversed course on President Trump's Nord Stream 2 ban. One of the first things he did in, in, in office and talk about his sanctions now one of the strongest sanctions you could have put on him was banning the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Biden greenlit that. And so uh, and if you look at the you know, previous presidents, Putin invaded under Bush, Putin invaded under Obama, Putin did not invade anything under President Trump. And now he's back to doing it under Biden. And so it's very clear that uh, Putin enjoys having weakness or a Democrat in office. And so they're the Putin puppets, not President Trump.
0: And if you look kind of uh, historically, the Republicans are always kind of more focused on the Middle East. The Democrats usually are more focused on on Russia, specifically when it comes to kind of attacking them and sanctions and and their, their harsh rhetoric. Since they've been kind of doing predictive programming for Russia for a very long time, ever since Trump got into office, there was Russian collusion. He was in the hotel room with ladies of the night that were relieving their bowels on the. And I'm like, I was like, what? I was like, show show me the proof, show me the evidence, and and I'm like, this is the same intel agency that told us that there was weapons of mass destruction? No, sorry, I'm going to need to see some actual frickin' proof here, which brings me to, of course, the story that everyone was talking about last week, and that was the big national security threat that was classified that became unclassified as the corporate media was reporting that the Russians are now preparing nukes in outer space to destroy our satellites and communications. Probably something that they, let's just be honest... Probably already have. The United States probably already has it, too. But they're bringing it up now, in my opinion, because this is when we're all debating if we should give them money. Right. And what better way to, of course, scare the American people, scare their U.S. representatives than saying, they have nukes in outer space. Give us money, so the Ukrainians have to fight them, and we don't. That's that's essentially what they're trying to to get away with here, and people are not buying it. Well, two
1: things. One, thank you, President Trump, for space force. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Number two, uh, you know, shout out to, to Speaker Johnson and Andy Ogles for being quick. representative Andy Ogles from Tennessee, quick to criticize Mike uh, Mike uh, Turner. Uh, wait, is that his name? I believe it's Mike Turner, right, from Ohio, the intelligence. Committee Chairman,
0: I'm not sure to be honest. Um, right.
1: And uh, you know, they were. They, in fact, they're asking for him to be removed from the chairmanship of that committee because of that stunt. And so, you know, we have, uh, we have corrupt people on our side. There's a situation. You know, we have the Chinese, the invest, the CCP Select Committee where the House has a committee to investigate China and you know their corruption, it's solely focused on China, are they going to move on Taiwan, while completely neglecting the problems that we have in our country, including uh, the, the chairman of that committee, Mike Gallagher, the guy I threatened to run against in Wisconsin. He sits as the chairman of the CCP Select Committee. He voted to defend Mayorkas. He didn't impeach Mayorkas. We have a problem right now. We have 20,000 Chinese nationals came across our border in the last year. We have Chinese fentanyl that's coming into our country, poisoning our people. for In
2: in the last month, 20,000.
1: 20,000 last month. Sorry, you're right. But we have thousands of people coming across our border, being funded by the CCP to infiltrate our country. We have fentanyl from China killing our people. And he votes to defend Mayorkas. Uh And, you know, they want us focused on all of these foreign conflicts while neglecting what's actually happening here. They want us focused on Russia while China is playing the long game and in infiltrating our country and infiltrating our, our schools and killing our people. And so, uh, you know, I think the American people are seeing through it and they're not going to go for the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax much longer. Yeah, there was, a, there
0: was a member of, of the U.S. Um, Intelligence Committee in Congress that literally slept with a Chinese spy. The Chinese are literally running full-on espionage operations, infiltrating the higher institutions of learning, literally collecting swabs and tests from medical facilities in order to garner the DNA of the American people, as they're literally now allowed to walk in through the border... And then the Chinese government literally just came out today and said, hey, you better start treating our Chinese citizens better at the border. Um, The goal here is is pretty extensive, as of course, if you look at the Democrats and the Republicans a part of the establishment, they never really want to talk about China. Trump does talk about China in in a very kind of uh, real kind of more blunt way, especially when it comes to the tariffs and the trade policies that are addressed in in a kind of America first way. This is, I think, one of the accomplishments of his administration that a lot of people don't kind of uh, consider enough. And I do think geopolitically he was a lot more unpredictable. And and I think this is why Putin came out and said he prefers uh, Biden over Trump, because Trump was like, yeah, let's send lethal weapons to Ukraine. Yeah, we'll blow up stuff. Yeah, we'll do some crazy stuff. And I think his unpredictability, you could probably tell me more about this uh, than I understand it. But I I think his larger kind of grandioseness and his kind of larger ability to say, screw it, I'll do something crazy. Was a deterrent in some yeah. kind of way, but it also was a very dangerous gambit.
1: So Trump likes to talk about his negotiation tactics with some of these world leaders, and he said, you know, he had private phone calls with them, and he, you know, he said, if you do this, I'll do this, and I'd say something crazy. He'd he'd say, and uh, he's like, I don't know if they believed me, but I think they believed me ten percent, and that ten percent was enough to keep them in place, and uh, I think that's right. And now we have people who are totally incompetent. It's not a, it's not a uh, surprise that you know, some of these countries felt more empowered to, you know, after Afghanistan withdrawal, that's when Putin went into Ukraine. Uh, that's when, you know, Hamas went into Israel. Uh, and that's when our enemies became more emboldened because they saw how incompetent or weak uh, uh, the the Biden administration was. And I, would, so-
2: I would argue that they're compromised, honestly. Like, I, I think that the Biden administration, this is much of what the whole, you know, The uh, Hunter Biden's laptop uh, cover up was about is that there was a lot of smoke to that fire. There was a lot of fire to that smoke, I should say, in that I I genuinely believe that he and his family uh, and many, many political elite in America were profiting off of corruption within both Ukraine and China, and this is why they they compromised.
0: I would say uh, cooperating, working together. Look at what, look at how the CIA worked with Echo Health Alliance with the Wuhan Institute. Look at how Bill Gates is working with the Chinese government, literally helping them build mini nuclear reactors. Look at how almost every kind of establishment branch of the 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 larger powers that be has ties back to China. Look at what's happening right now with the fentanyl crisis. Look at what happened previously with the opioid epidemic. A lot of this is in connection with China, and I I think this is why the establishment doesn't see China as a threat. That's because they're working with China against the American
2: people. And and now a blind eye with the Chinese immigration, which is skyrocketing 20,000 over the past 30 days. We've never seen numbers like that before.
1: And there's a new report that just came out with the Daily Mail that uh, CCP Beijing is about to make $100 billion off of... Uh, American taxpayers, because they basically have a monopoly over renewable energy, you know, minerals and material. And, uh, you know, Biden's new renewable energy plan is a hundred billion dollar gift for the CCP. And that just was reported by the Daily Mail. And so, uh, you know, the, the Biden family investment is certainly paying off uh, tremendously for Z and the CCP. Yeah,
0: China doesn't care about uh, green energy policies. No. They don't care about uh, the environment. They don't care about pollution as of course. They 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 they're freaking building more and more coal mines. They're they're building more and more factories. They're getting more and more raw resources from all parts yeah. of the world that they're essentially colonizing in many different ways. And they don't, and, don't have and,
1: an yeah. they don't have an EPA to make sure they're being done in environmentally friendly manners.
0: Exactly. And that's one thing that Trump addressed that I thought was absolutely correct because here in the United States, if you're operating a business, especially one that's competitive internationally, you are being freaking kneecapped every single day with all the rules, with all the regulations that... The Chinese don't have to follow. The right. Chinese are literally sending in their spies, stealing the technology, stealing the innovation, stealing everything that the Americans worked so hard for, and they're just bringing it into their their slave factories where they make their iPhones and they make the Nike sneakers and they make everything else that we consume and we buy every single day with very little tariffs, with very little frickin' tech tar- No tariffs everywhere. That would be my policy, but... If they're going to have a tariff, why don't we have a tariff? That's the question that Donald Trump proposed, and I thought it was a right one. And I think his kind of uh, addressment of of this larger kind of Chinese bull in the China shop was something that I thought was missing from any politician out there in the political landscape. And I think this is why there could be a potential, this is just my theory, of how the intel agencies in the United States that were working against Donald Trump, that were compromising him, that were uh, lying to him, went to China and said, yeah, this guy doesn't like you too. Maybe we can work something up in the laboratory. Maybe we can make something together. Maybe we can make something happen that uh, would uh, create a very awful situation or a trap that Donald Trump might fall for. I would argue that he did fall for it, uh, but I'm being very vague here, and I have to be very careful with my As Of course, we are still on Rumble.
2: I, no, we're still on YouTube. I, I, sorry, we're sorry, be, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go. we're going to be on Rumble in five minutes, and I have so many So many questions uh, I would like to ask Alex about that I can't hear. So hang in there. It's going to get a lot more spicy.
0: No, we appreciate the the insight and and perspective because you definitely have your kind of pulse on what's happening a lot more than a lot of other people do. But just to continue on the conversation with what's happening in Ukraine, I I do believe the Democrats are holding on to Ukraine as much as they can because they know if they lose, uh, especially in this election cycle, it's going to be disastrous for them. And the Ukrainians just recently lost a very key battleground town of Adivka. And they had to withdraw their troops from that specific region as there's a lot of reports of just soldiers being absolutely exhausted. Not just uh, exhausting the resources of the troops there, but, but also their missiles, also their ammunition. As we got a startling report from the Prime Minister of Denmark that literally came out and said the country gave away all of its artillery and ammo to Ukraine. As the Ukrainians are asking for more ammo and artillery that they don't have because they gave them everything. Here's a small segment of this clip that I think is very eye-opening.
4: But if you ask the Ukrainians, they are asking us for ammunition now. Artillery now, uh, from, from the Danish side, we, we decided to donate our entire artillery. And, and, and I'm sorry to say, friends, there are still ammunition in stock in Europe. This is not only a question about production because we have weapons. We have ammunitions, uh, we have air defense that we don't have to use ourselves at the moment that we should deliver to U- Ukraine. So, th-
0: <laughs> Now Denmark, but, relatively kind of small country, but, but still very significant in, in the European Union, sending all of its artillery and ammo And that's still not enough with Ukraine saying, hey, please give us more. The Russian war machine, the Russian factories have been activated. They're in full steam ahead. They're producing a lot of the supplies that they're not running out of. These whole sanctions didn't really affect them as the United States thought it would. As of course, now they're working with India. Now they're working with Iran. Now they're working with China and becoming closer with a lot of the states that are questioning the U.S. hegemony of the U.S. petrol dollar. So, I mean... This is just, even though it's Denmark, even though it's a small country, a major admission here as it's clearly highlighting an extremely desperate situation for the Ukrainians that are not in a good situation.
1: But we've also depleted our stockpile yep. funding this funding this war and supporting Makes this sense. war. And then we have our military leaders going out there and saying, our stockpile is depleted. I mean, if your stockpile is depleted, okay, that's one thing, but don't go announce it to the world. I mean, why would you want to announce to our enemies that we don't have we- weapons and, you know— Uh, arms right
2: now and so because they want to pass those spending bills to to rehab yeah
1: but you know we the entire world that is supporting ukraine right now is getting scammed and you have talking heads specifically in america who are spearheading this scam you know adam kinzinger goes on cnn every two weeks and he says ukraine just needs a hundred billion more dollars and they'll win this war and they're you know russia's losing well they've been saying that for two years and like you just mentioned Ukraine just lost more ground, and so and they're losing entire generations of men, and it's very sad to see. And um, I think that we should figure out how we do a peace plan. And I believe that Putin uh, said that a peace plan has been rejected, uh, but we need to work towards peace. And and I think part of that starts by the u.s stopping the funding
0: yeah but but you know it's not going to happen until this election And and that and that's a dangerous gambit because the way that things are looking for ukraine they're not looking good at all So they're going to be extremely desperate and desperate people, you know, do very desperate actions. And this is why the situation is, as I I like to use my favorite word, very tumultuous uh, and only going to become more tumultuous from here. My producer, Josh, also wanted to uh, remind everyone that this prime minister of Denmark is also a Bilderberg member, adds up, makes perfect sense uh, (laughs) with what she is calling for. Clint, you want to
2: say something? Yeah, I just wanted to really double down on the point you were making at the end there that... If the Ukrainians are forced to fight for another nine months, which make no mistake, that's basically what this is. They're they're conscripting. There was footage that came out yesterday of people with special needs that were being taken hostage on the front lines. Now, whether or not that's real, there's a lot of war propaganda, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But it, it is quite obvious that there are non-healthy fighting age, fighting fight-ready men that are being drafted to the front lines. And Ukraine has already lost a generation of men. It, it already has a uh, million a million plus that have left the country probably never to return they're already if, using mercenaries from Colombia and all over Latin America and that's still not enough for them still not enough and if you're if you have them fight for another 9 months in this meat grinder i don't think ukraine can ever recover i'm not even sure we're not past that tipping point already but the fact that there's political calculus going into this as opposed to a humanitarian approach and just calling for a ceasefire immediately is uh, is an atrocity that's really unimaginable up until now.
0: Yeah, and if you're someone like Vladimir Putin, they're like, yeah, uh, peace deal now. He's going to be like, nyet. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, we, we invested so much. We lost so much. We're just going to keep going with this as, of course, uh, we tried to do a peace deal before. You, don't, you didn't want one now. And it, it, geopolitically, they're going to be asking for a lot, especially with the tide of this conflict kind of turning with uh, with the fall of Bakhmut, the fall of Divka, and the larger kind of military moves that are being made by the Russians that are kind of signaling that they're going to have their own kind of spring offensive very soon that uh, a lot of people are expecting to be very devastating for the people of Ukraine. Again, a horrible situation for the people of Ukraine. I'm Polish. Uh, you know, I have a lot of family in that specific region. Slavic people losing their lives to this huge amount is just absolutely freaking horrible. And uh, from the very beginning, there should have been many efforts to try to stop the life loss. And sadly, there wasn't. Sadly, no one listened to the people trying to proposition detente, negotiations, peace. And sadly, the people of Ukraine are paying for the ultimate price. And some journalists are trying to say that. Trump and, and all these Republicans have blood on their hands? No. The people who started this war, they have the blood on their hands, and they should be, of course, held responsible legally in a court of law for their horrible actions that have cost so many innocent people their life, their property, their country, and their lives. Talking, no going back
2: from that. Talking to you, uh, Adam Kinzinger, talking to you, Joe Biden, talking to you, Barack Obama, talking to you, Victoria Nuland, the list is long Trump Trump may have a footnote on that list but y'all get the headlines don't get it twisted. Yeah. All right, we're going to continue the conversation on Rumble where we're going to be
0: talking about a lot of really interesting things as of course the US also has a proposal for a ceasefire in 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 Gaza. What's that about? What's going on is, of course, uh, there's also bombings in Lebanon. There's also a lot of other things that we cannot discuss here that we are going to be discussing on a free speech platform known as Rumble.com. You could find us by going to Rumble.com forward slash We Are Change, or just by simply scrolling down. And we are right next to Don Jr., who's live right now, right next to us here on the front page of Rumble.com. So, again, just go to Rumble.com. People are like... Hey, man, send me the link. I don't feel like I can... No, I won't. (laughs) Get your big hand moving right now. Rumble.com. That's all you have to do. It's quick. It's easy. It's simple. And it really does matter since, of course, uh, this platform again we invested a lot um, into this platform we worked our butts off for this particular platform and they're punishing us they're screwing us over they're getting rid of ads they're downranking us rumble gives us an opportunity to finally be able to speak and say and do whatever we want and we greatly appreciate that as of course they put their money where their mouth is there's a there's many different legal court cases that rumble is involved in they're doing incredible stand-up work you voting with your clicks you voting with your attention is more important than ever so if you're listening to this right now on twitter on facebook on kick on youtube go over right now to rumble.com where we are live right now and we of course will be continuing the conversation with alex but before we leave youtube alex where can people find out more information about you and your work
1: you can follow me on all social media platforms at alex bruzowitz i know it's hard to spell but uh i'm guessing it's going to be in the bio
0: we'll Uh, make sure josh puts that in the bio right now and so uh
1: on all social media channels and uh if you can't find me there then you can probably find me on one of the neocon rhinos twitter feeds melting down about me and then they'll redirect to my page
0: (laughs) you pissed off a lot of uh establishment republicans no. Good, on, good on you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, Have a good time.
1: I appreciate you're, it.
2: You're doing important work. Uh, yeah. I didn't actually get to take my, my proper dick at Swalwell, who slept with Fang Fang. Uh, he then also sounded as if he crapped his pants during a live interview. He also threatened the American people with nukes. So not a fan. Not a fan of you, Eric. But you do smell bad. All right. Clint Russell, host of Liberty Lockdown. I got a new show, actually, where I break down this Hillary Clinton five-minute interview with Christiane Amanpour, Uh, I go deep with it, and you can check that out on YouTube or Rumble. Just search for Liberty Lockdown and hit subscribe. I also co-host Tower Gang. Don't watch that, and thank you for watching. Hit the like button, subscribe, and share it around with your friends. Steph.
3: Hey, everyone. This is Steph. We are changed. You can find me there on Insta, or you can find me on X at StephWRC.
2: You you talk way too much, woman.
0: Way too much. Seriously. (sighs) Just got to pipe it down there. I'm just kidding. We uh, Everyone's like, staff, say more. Steph, please give us more comments. So uh, they appreciate your input. And uh, maybe we'll get a little bit more into that. Of course, there's a lot of different things to talk about, especially when it comes to uh, relationships. There's a, v- a very interesting video going around that I, I'm going to be playing in about... 30 minutes from now. We're also going to be taking callers very soon. And if you want to be a caller, make sure to sign up to LukeUnfiltered.com. I'm going into the members chat right now and I'm going to be lining people up to call. Uh, If you want to call, just simply go to LukeUnfiltered.com. Josh, put that in the comment section in the live chat. You can click on it right now, sign up, go to the Telegram channel. And of course, we will continue the conversation there as I have this uh, very interesting clip to highlight. To introduce us into this rumble segment, highlighting a, a new um, police drill that they're doing at the police academy.
4: Acorn drill.
3: Here we go. Shot <laughs> oh, fire!
1: Shot fire! You missed. Oh, I'm hit.
0: I'm that's, hit. that's the drill. I'm hit. Yes. Very well done. Perfectly (laughs) executed. Just like that Florida police officer that shot up an innocent person sitting in the back of his car when an acorn hit his vehicle. Yes, that's an actual true story. Yes, that actually happened. And it's almost as ridiculous and it's almost getting as much attention as Nikki Haley's. 12 guy comment that she made on twitter (laughs) (laughs) as she's being absolutely ratioed and ridiculed all over social media with her hoe-like behavior, <laughs> describing—I want to go through some of the reactions here because I think they're gold. I know, Alex, you probably had a heyday with this, but the first response to this tweet on Twitter is from Donaldo Trumpo saying, Hubby's still out of town, question mark, question mark. The Franzer memes wrote in a row, question <laughs> mark. Maze Moore said your poor husband obviously knew about your goal of a baker's dozen and <laughs> the memes just continue. I got to give
2: give quick shout out to Josie. who We were at the at dinner last night. All of us were and and uh, she sitting there while we're waiting for our food to come and she drafts. Uh, Pornhub at the top with that tweet at the bottom. That's good. <laughs> and it went super viral. So, And then it got stolen by Josh Smith. Shame on you, Josh. How dare you? It
0: got reshared. okay? Yeah, okay, it, it, okay there's okay, no okay. stealing. <laughs> I
2: don't know where you side on this debate,
0: but I think sharing is important. And uh, people just tag mark your stuff because it, it, the, the internet moves so frickin' quickly. Um, sharing is caring, and I believe in a... That, that's the only kind of socialism I believe in, the socialism of memes. Uh, and redistribution of political political. political thoughts and expressions uh, on the World Wide Web. But that's just me, myself.
1: Yeah, well, I actually didn't share or quote tweet that tweet because I'm trying to be Mr. Unity here and Mr. Serious Guy because, you know, if I tweet something, then, you know, the media picks it up. Trump ally calls Nikki Haley a skank or whatever it is. I won't won't say that. Other people are saying that. I would never call her that. Um, (laughs) She's a cum dumpster. She's a filthy, dirty cum dumpster. She has,
2: she's a, you know how Trump came out with those (laughs) special shoes? She came out with special knee pads. She's a total piece of shit. I won't say that, but I'll let you say (laughs) that, okay? People are saying, I'm the people But she's but, a dirty, stanky ass hoe I
0: who also, probably has gonorrhea. She probably is filled with a whole bunch of fucking STDs. And as Stuxenhammer perfectly said, "quote You're literally insane. Get checked for syphilis. It's a neurological effect. It probably is."
1: Well, I'll just say this: There's a lot of speculation that she's cheating on her husband. I don't think it's cheating. There's an article that came out in in Fox News, I believe, maybe something else, but it basically explained how when Nikki married her husband. She didn't like his name being Michael or Bill. She didn't like her name. His name is Bill. So she said, You're going to change your name and you're going to go by Michael from now on. And he said, Yes. Okay. So he allowed his wife to change his name. I'm guessing there's some sort of open. Arrangement, yeah. and maybe he was, you know, maybe filming it's, in the corner with the twelve. I don't know what was going on. He, but he had already, I don't
0: think he's cheated. I, I, I want to play more of the reactions here. Uh, Steph, go on the browser here, as of course we got the hot dog emoji hitting the face of a young woman. We got the quartering saying Bukaki. We got Nikki the tweet being remastered saying fel- twelve fellows down, one to go. Link in my bio. <laughs> all amazing, brilliant responses here, and uh, I. this is why I love the internet. This is why I love Twitter, and let's just be honest here. If Elon Musk didn't own Twitter, a lot of these responses would get people canceled, would get people banned, and I truly, really do appreciate all the incredible human beings that are <laughs> able to, to make these jokes, make these memes that uh, at least we, we get the opportunity to laugh at. This is, the gesture is one of the most important people when it comes to the larger kind of political structures that we're dealing with here. And uh, truly, memes are far more important than a lot of people expect a, them
2: to a be. A quick, quick point to make, too. Uh, a lot of people were dunking on her campaign team, not just for that tweet, but also because about an hour after that came out, she dumped every what appears to have been like a tweet deck schedule for all of their tweets. They dumped all of like, like 50 tweets in an hour period. People were saying that was probably an accident with the programming. I think that they were trying to bury the 12 guys tweet. They were trying to get it as far. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I reacted to that when I said that she's having a mental breakdown or something tonight and just tweeted 30 times in the last hour. But um, yeah, I mean, that I think it's they the were. Syphilis. Tr- it's syphilis. It's the syphilis <laughs> affecting her
2: brain. Same thing Hitler had.
1: I think they were trying to drown that tweet out. And it didn't work. I mean, last time I checked, it had like 11 million views and uh Look, that's that's stuff that breaks a campaign. When something when you go that viral, I mean obviously the goal is yeah. to go viral, but you don't want to go viral for something that awful. And that's a really bad thing to be known for. And
2: uh, you know but Gary Johnson was known for Aleppo. She's known for banging twelve dudes via tweet. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know,
1: Rodden was known for the high heels. Like when you get defined by something as asinine as this, like so. You don't recover from yeah, that, especially
0: look. on the internet. I mean, if it's memed, it's going to be in our in our discourse for at least a few days now. Yeah, it used to be forever. Like memes, like Andrew, don't tase me, bro. That was one of the first memes out there. He he's a good buddy. He's a good friend of mine. He helped me do, uh, he helped me run the We Are Change team with Stephanie as well. He's going to be on the show this Wednesday, by the way. Uh, definitely tune in for that one. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be playing with the taser with Clint as well, so it's mm. going to be. It's going to be fun. Uh, but but it, it does show you now that the internet does move very fast. Some people are arguing it moves so fast that this th- won't even matter. Right. Will it matter? Will it not matter? Will this be an Aleppo moment? Or will there be something else that, that happens that's absolutely crazy? As, of course, I do believe, I don't know if you agree, we're going through this kind of unraveling. We're going through this kind of larger understanding of, of society that we never had before. As we're living in a day and age where things are being exposed faster than ever, and I think we where people are saying, some people are saying, the world is just getting worse off. I don't think it is. I think we're seeing more than we ever have before, and we're being exposed to more. And uh, it, it's kind of a, an awakening more than it is kind of just uh, a destruction and and just of uh, j- just getting worse. I, I also don't know where think should...
1: it's causing severe memory problems. And, yes, and uh, dementia. Like, you know, you, you post something, you don't remember what you posted really six days ago, it, it just moves so fast. And so, and then, you know, when the media writes a bad article, oh, Alex Bruiser was you this. I'm like, I don't remember, it was nine days ago. Yes. But, you know, it, it, it does move too fast. Uh, but I do think that that 12, 12 fellas tweet will be what people remember Nikki Haley for. Uh, there's already the speculation that, you know, she was doing extracurriculars when her husband was gone. And now, you know, that tweet, like you just fed the beast and the beast will not let you forget that. And yeah. so um, that, I think that will be a defining moment, but I do agree that we, we are being fed or we're just being exposed to so much more. And, um, you know, it's, I don't know if, Humans are supposed to be fed this much information at once.
0: Yeah, I don't think our brains are equipped to deal with so much information so quickly as, of course, a lot of people wake up, I mean, me included sometimes, straight on the phone, uh, digesting information, making fun of stuff, posting stuff, giving my opinion on stuff, reading stuff, researching stuff. Uh, We do a lot of content here on on We Are Changing. I've been doing it for for quite a while. Um, I I don't know if you feel comfortable sharing any of this, but me personally, I've started to notice a couple years ago there was a significant impact on my uh, mental health and also my, my physical health where I was like... Getting anxiety and like panic attacks. I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" I really had to prioritize meditation, proper diet, proper exercise, and really try to be the best version of myself. Since there is something to what you just mentioned when it comes to being on the computer for way too long, getting too much information, and also more importantly, just being around that same kind of echo chamber being around that same kind of algorithm loop that a lot of people are, are in and not going outside and not t- not touching yeah. grass. I literally yeah. made it a protocol where I wake up now, I touch grass right away. That's yeah. literally my protocol, uh, and, and I get vitamin D right away.
1: Well, I, I've been trying to get as much vitamin D as I can as well. I know I look very pale for your audience. I can't tan for some reason, okay? I try to get tan, but it doesn't work. And so I grew up you in Wisconsin. You're, you're
2: half German, right? I
1: am. Same. It, uh, can't it tan doesn't do tan. Do, do you do seed oils? Uh, I'm... a Do you
0: do that? That that, that, that could be the issue. I know. I also also don't really. I I, I tan if I do tan, it goes away uh, like in a day or two, which is fine.
1: But you know, I get this nice sunburn and then it turns into a tan for a bit. But uh, my girlfriend likes to make fun of me for that. Uh, But look, fourteen hours, forty minutes screen time was my daily average last week. That's a lot. And uh, you know, I travel a lot on an airplane a lot, and then when I'm sitting on an airplane, I just stare at my screen. And uh, I wish it wasn't that much, but you know i kind of i work yeah. in the online world and so uh i don't really have uh, but i also like to have a good balance and so like on the weekends when i can i put my phone down and i go you know to the farmers market i go you know to the beach i play you know pick up sports somewhere um uh, but you know it's uh, tough like uh, my suggestion though is like if you get mean comments online and you have a larger following don't read them or and if you do read them have a good attitude about that like I get trolled into oblivion because I think, you know, when you're a troll, you're going to get trolled back. I understand that. I have a good time with my trolls. So some people insult me. I love the insults. And in fact, I'll message them. Hey, man, that was good. I like that. I might use that on somebody else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, with this nose, you know how much trolling I have to go through every single day? (laughs) And, And to be honest, you have to reframe your mindset to say... I love the yeah. haters. I, yeah. they, they give you so much energy. They give you so much to work with. They give you pushback on important issues that no one else will give you pushback yeah. on. And and you got to appreciate the attention that they're giving you, the energy, the power that they're giving you. So, shouts out to all the haters. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the negative comments. And uh, truly, thank you. Uh, I, I I you know really appreciate you. Guys. So I,
1: I know that you're probably friendly with some of the folks that were more supportive of Ron DeSantis than Donald Trump during the primary. And, like, you know, I was involved in having fun trolling the DeSantis team. And I, you know, would be eating, you know, at a dinner somewhere and, you know, having a nice, you know, drink in front of me, having a good time and laughing while firing off a tweet that might have been interpreted as insult. I'm a happier warrior. Right. and You know, and but then the vitriolic response I would get... Did not come from a happy place on the other end. Yes. These guys are actually pissed that they were getting trolled, and it showed. And so instead of having a good time with the troll, like Skank Hunt Forty Two, you know, South Park, great account, great great account, right? He has a good time trolling. He does it for fun. The people on the receiving end get so emotional and react with anger, and I think that showed through the different digital yes. campaigns. And and you know
2: it it sunk DeSantis in my opinion. They
0: they took themselves too seriously. Yeah. They it was literally joyless. Yeah, yeah. There was no fun, yeah. there was no freedom, there was no liberty, and you saw that right away because when they get attacked, when when you do get attacked, it kind of highlights your insecurities depending on how you respond. Because right. if you respond all serious, like, Oh no, I'm totally not gay. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. I'm not a homosexual and then you do the filling arms as well, like you're fucking gay. They took the bait
1: every time. Yeah, yeah. And so you have to... Be, if you're going to be online and you want to play online, you're going to get some mean comments back. Yeah, And don't take them personally. It's the internet.
2: Uh, you shouldn't be on but, the internet if you can't handle a little bit of it. But I will say this. I block everybody. Right. I don't give a fuck. I, I, I don't.
1: I love seeing what the people that are against me, what they want to say about me. Uh, I half
2: block, I
0: half not. It depends on on where like my mindset's at. But so, I always try to have my mindset as like, Fuck it. I love the haters. I want more haters. If you don't have haters, you're not doing shit online. I like it
1: because a lot of people will just comment things just to get blocked. I refuse to get let them win. I refuse to block them. Keep being in my comment section. Thank you for the Twitter bucks. He's, you know. he's
2: right about that, by the way. People will, like, because once a year, I'll unblock everybody. And then there will be a race. Where everybody that I've unblocked tries to get reblocked, yeah. So they'll just say the fucking meanest shit. And as soon as as soon as I block them, I'll go to their page and I'll look at it. I'll like remove the block for a second. I'll look at it. They will have already screenshot it and said, "Fucking snowflake, bitch, block me again." <laughs> <You know>?
5: Yeah, <laughs> like- I think.
1: Look, game recognizes game. All right, I I, I get great material from the comment section of others. When you guys throw me some shade in the comment section, I love it because I'll if it's good. I'll use it in the future on somebody else. I steal the dig. I (laughs) steal the insults if they're good. Uh, So fire away. I have a good time with it. And, uh, you know, I get like, my girlfriend or my mom reads something I'm like, "Oh, Alex, that's so mean and so hurtful." But like, that's pretty good.
0: That's <laughs> I want to I I <laughs> ask you two particular questions. What is like the proudest troll that that you're most happy about? And then, is there one that you kind of regret and was like, "Oh man, I maybe shouldn't have done that," or like you you look back like maybe I shouldn't have done that? Uh, but but it, what you're describing is essentially a culture of, of the internet that highlights uh, people who are genuine and people who are not people who take themselves too seriously people who try to save face people who try to give off a a larger kind of image that is fake that is not real people see right through it right away the the thing that connects an audience is people being honest people being upfront people being freaking genuine I've been on the internet and I've been a personality I've been releasing videos since I was 16 years old so I've been inundated with some of the worst horrible most crazy insane comments looking back at it I appreciate all of them because it's a challenge, it's a, it's a test, it's a speed bump to uh, to where you need to go as a man. Women now, that's a different conversation, which I think we should start up as well because they handle it completely different than a lot of men do, and mean comments do have a larger detrimental effect on... Women. I'm kind of filibustering, so you think about your ideas uh, from the questions that I asked, but, but w- women overall... Are, are very negatively affected by it, and I've seen a lot of really horrible results from women who especially become famous very quickly, and the results of that are not advantageous for them. But uh, just to go off the first two questions, yeah, well, worst and best kind of troll. I
1: appreciate you filib- filibusting because, uh, you know, I was just talking about dimension, how social media gives you dimension, so it's really hard to think I know, about. It is. your great trolls. But uh, I think as of you know recently... I'll have to say the high heels of Ron DeSantis, I was one of the first larger accounts to point out the high heels, and that was February of last year, and they didn't really kind of become a viral moment until October of this last year. Um, But I posted a picture of Governor DeSantis sitting at a desk signing an executive order, and I just zoomed in on his boots, and I said, "Uh, excuse me, Governor, if I may, what are those? That was the caption. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments saying, Alex doesn't know what boots are. You know, the DeSantis people are like, those are Cuban boots, moron, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. In fact, some of the DeSantis allies approached me at CPAC and recorded themselves confronting me making mocking me for not knowing what a cuban boot is he's like alex doesn't know what a cuban boot is he's an idiot da, 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 da. and i still don't know what a cuban boot <laughs> is and, and then so we we really got that into the political dialogue but dude that I, killed him but for me what kind of made me a little bit more prominent on social media was my trolling of adam kinzinger when i got subpoenaed by the january 6th committee i had maybe a hundred thousand followers and my defiance and middle finger to them, so publicly, kind of built me my, started building me my audience. And so, um, you know, we we really wanted to hammer Adam Kinzinger's insecurities about his shortness. He's a very short guy. And so, you know, as many memes as we possibly could make of him, you know, being <laughs> the angry South Pole elf at, uh, you know, in, uh, in the movie Elf. And, yeah, yeah. you know, call me South Pole elf one more time. I think that was one of the first memes we did of him. And uh, we just kind of turned him into a, a total clown. And then the Dan Crenshaw stuff, we had a great time with Dan Crenshaw, you know, in 20, you know, in 2018, he was the boy wonder of the conservative movement, he was going to be the next big thing. And then uh, he ended up calling me an America first fraud one day on Twitter, just out out of nowhere. I'm like that's that's not very nice, Dan. And so I spent the next year and a half, you know, <laughs> trying to build up social media hate towards him, and we succeeded.
2: And oh, yeah. you know, he's ever, <laughs> I think he gets ratioed on almost everything he puts he, he out. He could though. tweet.
1: He could tweet something like "Had a great time with my wife." You get ratioed. <laughs> and you know, it's, same with Lindsey
2: Graham, it's beautiful. Yeah, I love he, to watch. He has it. a
1: miserable time on the internet now. But we, I found a great partner in trolling Dan with a guy named Austin Fletcher Fleckas, and. Uh, Fleck has created this rhino action figure of Dan Crenshaw. It was a little, a literal rhinoceros with an eye patch, and he sold hundreds, if not thousands, of these things. And I made a promo for that, and we just had a good time with Dan. And uh, there was a situation where, uh, like, a 15-year-old girl asked him why he called uh, Jesus a superhero archetype, and Dan. Like snaps back at this girl and oh, yeah. like, don't I question this. my faith and yells at this little girl and I was like, hey, she's fifteen, and so I ended up bringing we brought I like to bring the trolls to real life, and so I went and spoke in Dan Crenshaw's district and I brought this fifteen year old girl on stage and we gave her a big you know standing ovation round of applause incredible and, and so. I I like to bring the trolls to real life. Someone
0: on uh, Rumble just said, uh, Dan got blindsided. (laughs) (laughs) We also have some Rumble rants here. We got one from Ian Crossland. Ian, we miss you. Come back anytime. Uh, He says, Stephanie is a secret genius. She won't tell you that, but I will. Uh, Thank you, Ian. Right, right, Steph? Super right. (laughs) All right, and then we have another one from Curtis5945, who just gave a Period. Well, thank you for that. I wanted to play this video before we go to callers from uh, members of LukeUnfiltered.com. It's a video that I saw today specifically talking about women and uh, specifically the the kind of chemical process that happens with them. There's a lot to discuss here as we just kind of talked about it in a little bit, especially the effects on social media on some men that of course also is very detrimental, uh, but, but also women that I would say are affected by in a different way. And again, It's easy to generalize. I don't want to generalize. Women are beautiful and amazing and incredible creatures, obviously. But we're we're talking about uh, something that when it comes to the online discourse, it has to be treated and understood. And I saw this clip on Instagram and I really wanted to talk about it. Here's the clip in its full entirety.
3: 70% of divorces that happen over 40 are initiated by women. Okay, why is that? Now I'm not trying to keep everybody married. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get everybody pregnant. I'm just asking people to think of their hormones. Well, as she loses these hormones, there are so many brain changes that are happening. Mm-hmm. And because she doesn't understand herself, she thinks it's your problem. She thinks it's her her kid her teenage kids' problems. She thinks it's her aging parents' problem. She thinks it's work's problem. She doesn't go, "Oh, okay, wait. I've got some neurochemical changes going on in my brain that I need to make sure that my lifestyle supports. And she doesn't, since that conversation isn't open, she turns on everybody else. For years, I had so many women that came into my clinic and they said, whatever you do, please help me stay out of my doctor's office. And I was like, why? Because they don't understand me. And when they don't understand me, all they do is give me an antidepressant and I feel so lost in what I'm supposed to do to help my own brain health, help my own body health. And we start dishing out supplements and prescriptions when there's a lifestyle that women are working against.
0: Now, you add that to the fact of social media conditioning. You add that to the fact of what the algorithm shows women, especially at a very young age, that kind of programs them, that rewires their kind of uh, neurons in their brains. And when you look at the larger hormonal kind of changes that women go through and the larger kind of biological mental changes that they go through, I do believe social media has been weaponized to the point where they are preying on these kind of changes and incentivizing it for the worst kind of behaviors and incentivizing divorces, incentivizing breakups, incentivizing essentially the destruction of the family unit, which in part is also the responsibility of the man but uh, in part also the responsibility of the woman. Uh, is
1: this woman getting canceled for making this video? That's that's
0: a good question. As
1: uh, I bet uh,
3: she's selling a course.
0: Uh,
1: well, it's a good course. Maybe I'll buy that for a few, a few girls I know. But, um, you know, it's uh, I think she's pretty spot on. And, and we really do have a mental health problem in our country right now, and I don't think that prescription drugs are the solution. And, you know, it's really sad that, you know, a lot of these young girls that are very active on social media, they are... On some SSRI or some antidepressant, or uh, you know, they think they have ADHD or something, and they just you know uh, are, are putting chemicals in these brains that they probably shouldn't belong. You know, I was when I was young, uh, the teachers I couldn't sit sc- still in class, and I was I hated going to class every day. So I walk around the halls or something like that. And the teachers come in and they go, I think Alex has ADHD or ADD. And they're like, well, we recommend these prescriptions or go to the doctor and see if you can... My mom refused to put me on those. And I just hated school. I thought school sucked. I thought it was boring. And, you know, I've been you able were to... Right. I've been able to flourish after... You know, I wasn't a great student. But from 18 to 26, my life has been incredible when I've been able to kind of get out there and, you know, use my energy and creative abilities to do whatever the hell I wanted. But... Uh, too many parents put their kids on these drugs at such a young age and, um, I think it's terrible, and I think we need to have a really serious conversation about that as a country. Well, Here's- this is
0: this is the larger kind of point that I w- wanted to make here, specifically when you look at white women and you look at the prescriptions of SSRIs that they go through, the number of prescriptions keep going up dramatically every single year, and a lot of people point to online activities, social media, algorithms that are forcing women to, to be depressed, to be unhappy, and putting them in the situation that they're in now, where I would say there's a full-on war against women, and the women are losing.
1: Yeah,
2: sorry, Clint. I'm going to make a, a case that is off the board, and it'll sound zany at first. But the truth is, is that women and men, broadly, need to discover libertarianism. Now, let me explain why. You have to be willing to hold opinions that, that are unpopular, and you have to be less concerned with the the in-group uh, signaling and, and uh, appeasing the crowd. I think that's what most women in particular have a hard time uh, going against the grain. Men many men are bitches and they also are fucking cowards, but 70%. It, it's, it's a much larger tendency amongst women. So I think that because I was a libertarian, I'm a second gen libertarian and I, and I grew up kind of having everyone around me tell me that all my ideas were crazy. Uh, it made it so that like social media hate and shit like that, I'm able to, to deal with a lot better. So I think that, that the other problem is that there's this appeal to authority that, People fall victim to this is why so many parents put their their children on SSRIs or ADHD medication, things like that, is that these are authority figures that they're told you must listen to, they're obviously telling you the right thing for your child. You have to have a real backbone and a willingness to do your own research and come to your own conclusions and ultimately perhaps even be shamed by people in uh, positions of authority. I I know my mom had a similar uh, situation where they wanted to hold me back in first grade because I I wrote uh, where I would connect the letters or I would start the letters uh, in different locations than I was supposed to. Did it change my ability to write? No, not at all. It was just like, that was how my brain, I I was actually doing it more efficiently. I thought like, okay, if I end here, I'm just going to start the next letter here. So I didn't worry about where I'm supposed to start it. And, you know, I I, like the way my brain works. I think it was just an efficiency calculation, which they couldn't relate to because these teachers are fucking idiots. (laughs) But my mom walks in there and she's like, you're not holding my son back. He's smarter than everybody in here. And she was right. So God bless her. It was because I had a good parent. Who is is that son? It was me. I know it's crazy to believe, but <laughs> when I was done fucking this soggy shoot like you said
5: yesterday. <laughs> well, that's, that's I, I also side track I, I also think though. I
1: also think though it's being accessible to too much. Um, you know, yeah. th- that's causing a lot of depression. And you're you're uh, instead of being surrounded by couples that you know, right? And seeing, oh well, my friend is this as a husband or this as a boyfriend? Well, now you see tens of millions of couples and 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 you know uh, and individuals on your Instagram feed yeah. every day, and, and the girls, people on yachts and all that, uh, nice uh, vacation. Yeah. and they're and all so traveling they're, to they're Dubai. Co- they're constantly they're constantly comparing. They're constantly thinking, hey, that could be my life. Why isn't that my life? Why isn't my boyfriend this? Why isn't my girlfriend that? Why don't I look like her? Why don't I do this? Yeah. And so there's so much more comparing and uh and, and that leads to lower self-confidence which leads to depression which leads to these drugs and you know this endless loop and so it,
2: it used to be keeping up with the joneses now it's like keeping up with the kardashians for real yeah. like people think that they need to be on private jets and living that taylor swift life and it's like that's just not attainable for most people yeah, i know people.
1: people that literally spend all of their money just to look cool on instagram yeah you know and it's 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 really sad
0: and um, and, they're, and they're probably not the happiest people, I think. And it's making an impact because biologically women are, are meant to, of course, see the group preferences and adapt to them. Naturally, genetically, this is how they survived. And I think social media preys on that to the point where we, we're, we're reaching an extinction-level event because of it. If you look at all the plastic surgeries the image of, of these like Instagram filters are having a larger psychological effect on women more than we could even profoundly understand it when when beautiful, amazing, incredible women are chopping up their face to all look like the same freaking filter. Yep. That filter's yeah. disgusting. The butthole lips, fucking nasty-ass shit. All the fucking makeup that they put on, nasty shit. And especially and, and, with
2: all the chemicals that they fucking are inducing themselves to. Fucking hell. And, and many of these women start off as absolutely gorgeous, and that it's like because they're so obsessed with the social media stuff and whatever the new trend is in terms of appearance, like big asses were a thing. And then no, now it's like tiny fit girls are the thing. And these people are, are literally modifying their bodies with surgery to try and keep up with it. It's like you – there is no thing. There are people that will find you absolutely stunning. I It kills me seeing this starlight girl that just destroyed her face. And she was so naturally beautiful prior. But this is a, a trend that is really uh, persistent. Starlight? I, I tr- yeah, she's from uh the show on Amazon, I forget it, um, but I tweeted out last night, I said, for the younger audience out there, I just want you to know that anxiety and depression were considered to be fleeting emotional conditions just a few decades ago, not not chronic conditions for which there was no escape and only pills could alleviate. You don't have to live like this. Now, a lot of people, I got a lot of positive feedback from that, but I also got dozens and dozens of people saying, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and the only reason people did that back then is because they were callous, and that you have no idea how many people killed themselves during that period. No, no, I do I do know how many people killed themselves during that period and how many people probably could have been saved had people understood the the mental angst they were going through. The point I'm trying to make is that this conveyor belt of of pills to try and alleviate all emotional trauma is a complete dead end, and it's it's wrecking us civilizationally. People aren't reproducing. They're not pair bonding. They're not having productive lives. They become agoraphobic. They can't even leave their houses because they've been on this, the psychotropic medication since childhood, it is not the answer for the vast majority of people. But we're pretending as if it's the only pathway. It's totally counterproductive. And it's, and it's making a lot of women kind of emotionally
0: deaf as well. Um, so so uh, before we go to callers, uh, we, we, we you can answer this after the caller. I don't know if you even have an answer to this, because this is my kind of question that I ask myself. When it comes to uh, men and being trolled and being made fun on social media. I think the, the rational advice is, uh, hey, toughen up, buttercup. Stop being a punk. Uh, stop taking yourself so seriously and um, start living a, a true life where the opinions of others don't matter. I think that message resonates. I think yeah. it's important. I think we need to talk about it more than ever. What do you tell women, though? Uh, because I think you have to address the situation differently.
1: Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, it, You you, re, you really do have to 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 address it differently. But uh, my advice is that not every girl has to be an influencer. Not every girl has, you know, just be yourself and and be comfortable being yourself. And, um, you know, the Internet's a ruthless place. Oh, yeah. And whether you're the prettiest girl in the world or or not, I mean, you're still going to get hate. And like, if you want to be a public-facing person, there's a chance that you're going to get hate. But don't let that hate define you.
2: I've got a bunch of friends that are those women that you're talking about that are absolutely gorgeous. And if you go through their replies, it is a fucking shit show. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're attractive or not. It's going to be vicious for women and men on the internet. But women, I think, do get it a little bit worse. And it's like, I think that the truth is, if you if you don't need it for your career and you're in a happy relationship... Just log the fuck off. Just get get out of that world entirely. I think it, it's genuinely a a better way to yeah, live. Yeah, but
1: think about Facebook. I mean, back when Facebook first started, you just had your few friends. You had your close friends that you went to school with, right. and that was it. And I, then, I
2: remember the MySpace eight days, yeah. baby.
1: And then Instagram comes out, and then it opens up the world to to really everybody. You don't really you don't really have friends with random people on Facebook. You know Instagram, you just connected with everybody, and Twitter similar similar situation. But they're both very different apps, and uh, you know I think Instagram they they wanted to do the the hide the likes feature, and I think that was actually done with good intentions. But a lot of the influencer types actually didn't like that because you know they
0: they want to flex on them hoes, right? And
1: they monetize so. their success based off of likes a lot of the time, and so yeah, because it shows um, if
2: your account's really active or not,
1: right? But I think that was a good step, but it is really sad what's happening to to the younger generation in our country right now. And um, you know, we we need the adults in charge to have a very serious conversation about what we're going to do about these SSRIs. And can you and imagine what forward.
2: the what the percentage of women that are doing OnlyFans are on SSRIs? I bet you it's astronomical. You're probably right. We I just, bet you it's over half. We just had uh, the death of a major porn star today from suicide. There's there's uh, like Nikki one Hayley every week.
0: away.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> a- Yo, she couldn't Sorry. get through
1: the 13th Sorry. dude <laughs> uh, I, I didn't i didn't want
0: to i shouldn't have said that i said keith. it i said it blame me not alex all right we got a we got a caller from uh keith you are live we uh have you on video feel free to ask us whatever you want to ask us
5: hey it's uh, it's great to talk to you guys again uh greetings from belize um I, were you able to find the video link that I, that I sent we you? We were having
0: a little bit of problems here uh, with technical difficulties, but uh, but go on, ask your question. I'll do my best to try to find it. Real quick, That's did you cool. see Fanny okay. Willis
5: in Belize? <laughs> I I did not, and I'm I'm really disappointed because like I play in a band here, so Ugh. I thought she had cash on hand. She could have left a tip, right? <laughs> Would have been nice. Um. Anyway, hey, so um. I don't know if you're familiar. There's a there's a guy on YouTube, Pockets of the Future, uh, Paul Romano. I
0: haven't heard of uh him.
5: not the actor, but you know, um, he does he does content and it's pretty interesting. It's on more a spiritual level, but his feeling is that the 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 system, the global system, is evil and you know it needs it needs to be destroyed by God. Like, you know, in particular not like human activity, no. No call for violence, you know, but, uh, what are, what are your thoughts? Because I think like, even if we fix the money or we fix voting or any of these other little problems that we have leading to this huge problem of a super massive, you know, world government kind of situation that we're running into, I don't, I don't know. What What are your guys thoughts?
0: I don't think we need to destroy anything. I think it's already destroying itself pretty well. And I think that's the plot. We were at dinner with Ryan Black uh, last night after the the podcast episode. And he was kind of asking himself, why are they doing this? They're destroying everything. They're they're wrecking havoc on everything. You would think these guys would actually care about providing some kind of decent life. for. I'm like, no. They've been hijacked by demons, essentially. That's my larger point of view. And I think uh, they work in very nefarious uh, bad ways where destruction, chaos is what they always seek. That's just my perspective. That's my own interpretation. I could be wrong. What do you guys think?
2: Well, I, I tend to agree with you that like the the system is, is basically doomed to fail anyways, so... I'm more interested in building than I am in destroying. I think that it's going to, like any system, if it's founded on nonsense, it's going to implode. So it's a matter of like, are you going to just sit around and feel terrible for yourself because you're within a system that's ultimately going to fail? Or are you going to migrate to Bitcoin or whatever your preferred hard asset is to try and take your financial security outside of the fiat system? Are you going to start to train and get in shape? Are you going to start to become an entrepreneur so you can actually speak your mind as opposed to being under the DEI thumb in some corporate gig? I think these are all things that you ought to be doing and, and worrying less about you know the, the flaws within the system because I think we all know that they're there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think you have to have a, a, a more positive outlook and, and you know, wake up every day and fight. And, you know, it, it looks different for every, every person. Um, and But they want you discouraged. They want you demoralized. They want you to feel like you're a slave to the system. But, yep. uh, you know, you'll find freedom in, in being happiness and in, in happiness and in being optimistic about the future and trying to figure out how you can control the future. So, uh, you know, the system sucks, but you know, let's upend it. Let's get good people elected to office. Let's, you know, from a local level to a national level, let's, uh, you know, uh, continue these great boycotts of these companies that hate our country. You know, a lot, we're, we're winning a lot more than you might think right now, even though times seem tough. Um, but I think we're going to be OK if, as long as we have people that you know keep pushing forward.
2: I mean, even if the odds are stacked against us, do you think that history has ever been written by the dude who's just bummed out at home? Like, fuck no. It's it's always going to be written by either the revolutionaries, good spirited or bad. If it's an American revolution or it's a rev- Russian revolution, you get to decide which.
0: Keith, I hope we uh, answered your uh, questions. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to say before
5: you go? Uh, no, not really. No, thanks, guys.
0: Keith, keep an eye out for Fanny, okay?
5: <laughs> okay.
2: Make sure she pays back her boyfriend too.
0: Keith thank you so much for for calling in it's always uh, an honor All
2: and right. pleasure to
0: be able to talk to uh, members of LukeUnfiltered.com. i think we're we were able to pull up your clip but i might play it a little bit later as of course we still never got into the the very easy lighthearted topic of of israel since you know that that thing still is going on as the united states is actually proposing a resolution for a temporary ceasefire in Gaza as the Israelis are announcing that they're planning another major ground offensive, this time in Rafah. Now, uh, US cargo ships were recently hit outside of Yemen a day after uh, British vessels were hit outside of that region as well as, of of course, the Iranian-backed Tutsi rebels are saying, hey, until this war in uh, Palestine and Israel stops, we're gonna keep attacking people trying to go through this major trade corridor that now has been extensively blocked as even today. We have the Israeli government airstriking inside of Lebanon, what they are calling military weapons storage facilities, and Lebanon is claiming that they are concrete and oil facilities. Who's telling the truth here? Who knows? Because when you talk about conflicts inside of the Middle East, especially the Palestinian, especially the Israeli conflict, you never really get the truth. You get a lot of opinions. You get a lot of emotions. You get a lot of hyperbolic nonsense. And sadly, getting down to the truth of what is really happening down in that region is absolutely freaking exhausting. There's a lot of like insane rhetoric surrounding this entire situation. Uh, But uh, I I think it's fair to say that um, I don't know about you guys, but I hope peace wins. I hope there's the taunt. I hope the conflict stops. I hope the hostages are rescued. Uh, But with the way that things are going, especially with Netanyahu's career on the line after this war is over, I don't think it will.
2: Well, this I mean, I'll say one thing I do know to be true is that the people of Gaza City were told to flee to Rafa And by most estimates, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of a million Palestinians that are now in Rafah where the new invasion is planning to be rolled out. Now, I'm sure the Israelis will make the argument that the hostages have been moved there and that Hamas has also moved there and reinforced itself there. Maybe that's all true. It doesn't change the fact that you're talking about, once again, another city with a million fucking people in it, which the vast majority of them are innocent bystanders. And this is a human catastrophe. The only answer, as far as I'm concerned, is peace negotiation. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I hate seeing death on. Really, I, I don't see. I don't like seeing innocent people in Gaza die. I don't like seeing the Israelis die. Um, you know, we were in a really great place when President Trump left office, and now we're in a really bad place. And you know, with the Houthis, you brought up those. President Trump designated them a terrorist organization when he was in, in office one of the very first things that Biden did was he removed that terrorist designation off the Houthis. So he's, in fact, empowering our enemies. You know, he gave $6 billion to Iran. Shortly after that, you know, Hamas strikes Israel. And so, like, these are all Biden-created problems. And I hope that, you know, Muslim Americans look and realize, hey, you know, our friends and our family members weren't dying in the Middle East under President Trump. Uh, I hope, you know, the Jewish Americans that tend to vote primarily for the Democrats, I hope they look at what's happening and they realize, hey, you know, this wasn't happening under President Trump. I think a lot of them are. There's a situation happening in Dearborn, Michigan, where uh, Muslim leaders refuse to meet with Biden's administ- administration officials. Uh, you have Rashida Tlaib calling for a uh, uh, to, to, to vote against Joe Biden in the upcoming election. And so this is a Biden-created problem, and Biden's going to ultimately pay the price for it, and and he'll lose, and I believe he'll lose in November because of these different coalitions that he's alienated. But uh, I'd like to see a peace plan. In, in two thousand and nineteen, President Trump rolled out the Peace to Prosperity plan, uh, that was a part in partnership with Gulf nations, and he got Gulf nations to agree to invest almost fifty billion dollars into Gaza. And unfortunately, that proposal was rejected by the Palestinian government at the time, uh, and some on you know on the Israeli side didn't like it because it was too close to a two-state solution. Uh, but ultimately, we need to have a deal maker on our side that can go in there and make it and make a deal. And I believe that President Trump could get that well, deal done.
2: Here's the truth: there there will be no deals had unless aid stops, uh, or at least it's it's held in contingency for a deal. And I think. In your your defense of Trump, it it does make sense that he would be more inclined to do so. I think that he demonstrated that he was interested in in peace deals uh, in the Middle East and I think that there would be no no more meaningful peace deal to be found than if you can come up with either a two state or one state solution to the Israel Palestine conflict. But more importantly, yeah, from if, my if bench, you
0: one, if you get that one done, you, you deserve peace prize. You
2: deserve a real, one. yeah, an actual peace prize, not yes. a
0: warmongering one. yeah, not one a bullshit, that, that, not, not, a, not the, a Barack
2: Obama one, a the, real motherfucking yeah, peace yeah. prize. You,
0: you deserve like best president of all time if you're able to bring peace in the fucking Middle East. It, fucking shouts out to you if you're able to do that. Yeah. Uh, but but also just really quick, I don't think I don't think Biden gave. Uh, Iran billions of dollars. I think he just released the money that the United States was previously holding back. Correct me if I'm wrong. He lifted sanctions. Yeah,
1: yeah. Similarly, he he lifted the sanctions off of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, and Russia goes into Ukraine. He lifts the sanctions off of Iran. Iran allies feel empowered. And so, when, you know, I'll just use their words, they call Russia an enemy. When you empower your enemies, What do you expect to happen?
0: Yeah, I think under Barack Obama, the policy was, and again, uh, because I remember talking about this a while ago, under Obama, he had an Iran deal where Iran was able to sell oil on the international markets if they promised to, of course, have UN weapon inspectors inside of their country to make sure that they're not building nuclear bombs. Trump came into office, got rid of that. Um, And then money was sanctioned. Biden came in, released some of the sanctions. I think the Iranians were expecting a better deal from the Biden administration, but the Biden administration has kind of given them a cold shoulder. Um, And and usually you see the Republicans kind of try to cheer up the, the North Koreans, the Democrats try to cheer up the Iranians, and then vice versa. The situation is also correct, but... Um, when it comes to kind of this situation, what do you think Trump would do? Because Trump did describe himself as, as the most uh, pro-Israeli president ever in American history. Um, and now you see the Biden administration offering some kind of resolution here, offering some kind of ceasefire. Do you think Trump would do the same?
1: I think President Trump would revert back to his Peace for Prosperity plan. He wants to see both sides thrive. He wants to see the conflict end. Uh, And I encourage your audience to look up what the Peace for Prosperity plan was. And, you know, if you're a little bit more sympathetic to the folks in Gaza, well, this actually wants to empower Gaza. And it it pisses off a lot of people, you know, on the pro-Israel side just because of, you know, they think it's a two-state solution. I don't think it's a two-state solution. I think it's a a win-win. Um, but the two state solution
0: uh, wrote, isn't a radical idea wrote, either. I, well, well, you look, know,
1: you know, I'm, it's not. You know, I'm not in, from Israel. I'm not. You know, it's not. I'm not an expert on this topic. But I would like to. See, I, I look at what he proposed, and it cost American taxpayers no money. It was all Muslim Gulf nations carrying the cost and willing to, you know, invest in 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 their communities, and so. Uh, that was killed by some on the right, and it was it was it was killed, you know, by the Palestinian government. And uh, I think that we should look at that. How can we make both sides feel like they're winning? And President Trump, his plan was incredible. It modernized Gaza, uh, but you know we need to free a lot of you know people in Gaza from Hamas terrorists. I think a lot of them are. Uh, Treated terribly by them, obviously, and they live in fear constantly. And so, uh, you know, President Trump eradicated ISIS. I believe he could eradicate the terrorists pretty quickly with with uh, you know w- with a lot fewer citizen you know casualties. But we need to work towards peace, and I believe that President Trump uh, would would try to figure out how we can get that done.
2: I got I got to say real quick. You know, it's well, I'm no fan of Hamas. The, the reality is that the people of of uh, Gaza. Actually, view them to be quite favor uh, view them quite favorably, particularly after the bombing campaign that's come from the Israeli side. So, uh, you know, from their vantage point, you you can love it or hate it, but their vantage point is that their their oppressors are the Israelis. This is the whole reason that Hamas came to power in the first place. Is the whole reason that they have a stranglehold on power. I think that the answer for the longest time has been a two state solution. Uh, It doesn't surprise me at all that. You know, people would portray Trump's plan to be that, and then you know, shit all over it because that is ultimately counter to what many of the Israeli, uh, you know, sponsored influencers in America would like to see. But I think that if you want peace, if you and actually, honestly, if you really care about Israel's survival, you ought to want to see this wider war be avoided. I mean, what we're talking about right now is Israeli, is, is Israeli long, longer-range missiles that are going into Lebanon. That's a big deal. Like people are are not taking this seriously enough. You also have the Houthis in Yemen. You have the potential for uh, many other neighboring nations that are their people the governments are all bought off, but the people in these nations are absolutely furious yeah. about what's happening. I, mean, I believe it was Tucker
0: Carlson that just came out on social media and said that Benjamin Netanyahu is bringing the world towards a, a nuclear apocalypse. Yeah, man. Uh, I, it's I, think, very I don't dangerous. know if those
2: were the, his exact words. I'm going to try to... Uh, I think it was said in jest, but he, he said essentially like, I think we should invade Israel and take out Netanyahu. He's the most dangerous leader in, in the world. Look, I'm and, not sure and, there, and
0: then there's some very interesting kind of beef between between Netanyahu and Donald Trump, right. that uh, of course there's no love affair there between the two, and, and you know uh, there's what, been some very strong words against each yeah, other uh, as well. As a lot of what, people, as a lot of people are saying, this war is only continuing because if this war's over, uh, Netanyahu doesn't have a political career. Uh, as many people aren't happy with him, and many people don't want him to
2: continue to to run Israel. And the, and the real key thing here is that Trump actually, uh, he said, I don't know if it was in in text or in in uh, you know like voice recording during interview. But he said that he realized during these negotiations after talking to Palestinian leadership and talking to, uh, you know, Israeli leadership, he realized that it was actually the Palestinians that wanted uh, peace, and it was the Israelis that didn't. So I think that re- very much shifted his his opinion about the dynamic here. So for that reason alone, I'd be interested in seeing how he would try and address this. Uh, certainly, the Biden administration is playing both sides. They're offering uh, humanitarian aid to the Gazans, which are being blown to smithereens, and they're, ask, they're offering fucking weaponry to the other side. It's like, this is just suicidal. But
0: even with the humanitarian aid, a lot of that money is literally going to things like, you know, uh, water pipes.
2: And then... Then Hamas is bombs. taking the water sure.
0: pops, and they make missiles out of them. Here's some very interesting comments from uh, Tucker Carlson that I saw pretty much go viral today.
4: I've really thought about it, and I think that Benjamin Netanyahu is the you know greatest threat to world peace, and I think— Honestly, we should take their nuclear weapons away. Maybe we invade Israel because they're a threat to national security.
0: I really thought. Now, uh, you said he was saying that in jest. I, I-, I haven't watched the full clip. That's just a 10 second video that's going out there. We, and we also have to make sure that's not a deep fake since
2: yeah. there's a lot of deep fakes out there as well. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking it at face value that he's actually saying it and that it's not a deep fake. But there's no way Tucker Carlson is actually advocating for us to invade Israel. I think he's saying it. Uh, because he's trying to draw attention to the fact that like, yeah, this is actually really fucking dangerous and maybe we ought to, we ought to reassess what we're doing over there, but I'll have to watch the full interview. There's a, there's a community note
0: underneath it
2: that reads, this video has
0: been taken out of context. Tucker Carlson was sharing his views on Nikki Haley and what she would do for money. There you go. And then there's a TikTok clip associated with it. We're going to pull up the Chinese spyware. It's just Nikki Haley twerking. Uh, <laughs> we got we got another <laughs> rumble rent right from uh, I'm not your buddy guy saying ISIS was a different animal. You were either conscripted, killed, or turned into a slave when they moved into your town. Hamas hides behind civilians
2: and uses them as shields. Okay, but I, ISIS was funded by the Barack Obama administration. You, you should remember that. And also, Hamas was funded by the Israelis. So, like, I, you can you can say whatever terrible things you want about these groups, but you have to acknowledge their origin story, where they came to power, why, why there was funding. They wanted an opposition that was that was uh, so reprehensible that there would be no two state solution. That's the facts. You can look it up. Fucking 2019, Netanyahu talking to the Knesset. These are all known things. This, I'm talking. This is Israeli print media that I'm I'm referencing, not some conspiracy Alex Jones shit. Alex, if you want to say anything, feel free to butt in. But I think I found the full video uh, right now.
1: Of Tucker?
0: Yeah. All right, I'll play that right now.
1: Nikki Haley on there, right?
4: Nikki Haley joke. running with Trump? Oh, that was a joke. You know, that's so grotesque that I've got to think people who support Trump currently would come out against Trump you know vehemently. A, you know what someone said to me recently? Do you think that's real? I think there's a push for it. I think the push From for whom? It is real. From her people. You know what someone said to me, though? Very, very recently, we said on the show, they said it was Richard Barris. He does People's pundit, and he said, full credit, he said, they will install her. They will try to install her as VP so they can take out Trump. Of course, are you there's for I I was about to say there's no one more sinister than Nikki Haley, but that's giving her credit for existing, which I don't think she actually does. I mean, but I think Nikki Haley is a hologram. I mean, she's not Nikki Haley is just a physical representation of the lust for power of the oligarch class. It's just like if Ken Griffin, you know, had a sock puppet, it would be Nikki Haley. I mean, it's like the most. Why is Nikki Haley even in the race? She's her views bear no resemblance to the views of Republican primary voters. None. She's totally for the BLM riot. She's totally for the training insanity. And she's for declaring war on half the world. You know, I honestly think if you said to Nikki Haley, she, you know, she's whatever, I've got her positions now. But if you said, to Nikki Haley, look, I have a lot of money, like for real, got $100 billion and I'll give you a third of it to come out and attack Israel. There's no question that she would. I and mean, this is a person- She would just who, turn around. Just one time, time on like that. You know, I've really thought about it. And I think that Benjamin Netanyahu is the you know greatest threat to world peace. And I think- Honestly, we should take their nuclear weapons away. Maybe we invade Israel because they're a threat to national security. I think she'd be saying stuff like that if you paid her
0: enough. Yeah, the context absolutely does matter. As <laughs> yeah. like, this gives yeah. you a totally different yeah. perspective than what we thought was happening beforehand with that 10-second clip. And this is wow. why I, I, I saw it earlier today really quick, just scrolling. I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then, I, then we brought it up. I'm like, okay, let's play it. And then I'm like, wait, okay, something stinks here. Yeah. Let's watch the full clip. I, I knew Let's that was watch n- the community note,
2: and thank goodness for the community notes yeah. that actually fact-check a lot of this stuff and bring important context to it. That's why I, I assumed it was in jest, because I knew for a fact he wouldn't actually be advocating for that. But... Now you understand the point he was making is that Nikki Haley is an empty vessel that will fucking kill anybody for money and power. She's a total monstrous She's human a, being. She's a ruthless, bloodthirsty, poor
0: mercenary
2: <laughs> that will fucking kill
0: like there's no tomorrow. We got another Rumble rant from I'm Not Your Buddy guys, saying... No, what I am addressing is the tactics that would be used to deal with them. It's easier to wipe out ISIS as basically you could wipe out the town without civilian casualties. That's what I'm not okay, your buddy. Okay, okay. That,
1: that makes sense. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. They, they, uh, are s- certainly different fighters, but I'd much rather have, you know, if we're, if we're trying to wipe them out, which I think terrorists are bad, all terrorists are bad. I think we should, uh, if we, if they hurt our people, then we should take them out. And, um, You know, I don't think boots on the ground are necessary. We didn't use boots on the ground per se to take to destroy ISIS completely, but uh, Hamas certainly is much more sophisticated in their fighting. And Trump said that, but Trump gets you know they they say Trump praises Hamas for saying that they're smart. Yeah, Uh, you know that's not exactly praise yeah. to and, and, I,
2: anytime he points out the strengths of, of an opposition leader or entity they always say oh he's appealing to them or whatever it's fucking nonsense yeah. it's like it's respect for the hustle for the game and it's also part of his negotiating tactics he tries to uh you know inflate their egos a little bit so that he can have a more productive conversation this is like this is like actual statesmanship like that's what you ought to be doing yeah
0: i always uh, agree with strong self-defense but i think To deal with this particular problem, we got to deal with the situation that's creating a lot of these jihadis, a lot of these radicalized individuals. And uh, a lot of it boils down to a lot of kind of socioeconomic issues, a lot of family issues, a lot of foreign policy issues, a lot of blowback issues. And I, I think until we're ready to have that conversation and until the United States and the intelligence agencies stop dropping off a bunch of weapons by a bunch of people that they pissed off inside of the Middle East, that would be a different situation. Well, I'll
1: tell you what, Luke. Tell you what, Lindsey Graham's got a great idea It's called $50 million per year For gender studies programs in Afghanistan Was
2: this really his idea?
1: Oh yeah he know, he's a, definitely going to help he,
0: he's a, <laughs> a, Lindsey Graham's a big
1: advocate for gender studies program in the Middle East so.
2: hell. he He's like the only person I think in American politics I actually hate more than Nikki Haley Which is no, crazy Another
1: South Carolinian what the hell are you doing, South Carolina? We love you they're, they're, for Trump. They're but both, they're both right women, us. and they and they both take it up the ass.
2: <laughs> All of them. They both run through twelve dudes in a
0: single night. <laughs> <laughs> Make the meme, please. Someone now who has just heard True. this eloquent piece of uh, such, such an easy of, uh, of, uh, of poetry. <laughs> uh, this is the type of poetry that you're uh, induced to by watching thebestpoliticalshow.com, dot and I think that's the perfect ending. I think that's yeah. that's the way to end this podcast, Lindsey visual, leaving you the visual of Lindsey Graham and Nikki Haley taking 12 dudes all at once.
2: Have them both both sitting on the casting couch with 12 dudes behind them. The meme writes itself. You're welcome. Uh, I hope you guys appreciated
0: the show. I know Atlas did. And about if the you, government. yeah, if you appreciated the the show, subscribe. Uh, it really does mean a lot. We've been doing the show for about three months now, and we're almost at a hundred thousand uh, subscribers. You know what happens once we reach a hundred thousand subscribers? It's going to be a lot of fun. Clint has consented. He has signed <laughs> off on the documents. He has gotten his doctor's note checked and cleared. Reach hundred k subscribers, and there's going to be some absolute fireworks happening here on show.com. We've got a r- lot of really awesome people coming in studio soon. So uh, definitely hit the subscribe button, click the notification button. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. And that's why I appreciate you guys very much for being here. Um, Alex, uh, where can people support you? Where can people find out more information about you?
1: Uh, follow me on all social media platforms at Alex Bruzowitz. And my website is xstrategies.com.
0: This is great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, coming here on the show, explaining your kind of positions and, and talking about some kind of deeper stuff than just the news. I thought the stuff about the memes was uh, absolutely critically important and something culturally that is far more significant than a lot of people realize.
1: Well, I'd love to come back and congratulations on all your success, man. I mean, this is a really fun show. I'm glad that you guys are growing and, uh, they are doing a great job. Who Thanks, else
0: brother. Who else discusses uh, Lindsey Graham and Nikki Haley getting gangbanged?
2: Who else does yeah. such important commentary? I mean, people may do it at home, but very few people do it on the show with thousands of people watching. Uh, yeah, at Liberty Lockpot on X. If you want to support my work, subscribe there. By the way, totally miraculous. This guy's got over 200,000 followers on X. With that last name, do you know how fucking hard that is to get so many people to find that account? It seems almost impossible. Uh, but he pulled it up. Uh,
0: Josh, liber- make sure it's in the uh, chat room too. So yes, put it, please put do. it in the chat room so people could find Alex. Uh,
2: Liberty Lockdown's the show. I had an episode where I break down the whole Hillary Clinton nonsense. It's on Rumble right now. You can go watch it. So go to Liberty Lockdown, subscribe. YouTube, do the same thing. RSS, do the same thing. And also subscribe to the best political show to get the podcast so you never miss an episode. Steph is on the buttons. Tell, tell them where they can follow you, Steph. You can
3: follow me at Steph we Are Change on Instagram or Steph WRC on X.
0: Fight for freedom and not the neocon whores that do really bad things with uh, or all of their holes. Fuck you, Nikki! I love you guys. Stay tuned for more.